version 2.0 i am dan this is episode i believe 167 don't quote me on that though but i think that's the episode we're on right now you guys i'm gonna quote it? you it is indeed <laughs> episode 167 nice Got gang's it. all here jesse what's going on dan the graduate jesse yes finally finished school nick and justin of course are here as well see what up see so jesse we're gonna we're gonna start with you well, big, this big, uh, big life, you know, new chapter. Turning uh, the page, Dan. Turning the page. A, yeah, new new chapter. That uh, that must feel good. Oh yeah, it feels great to uh, finally have school behind me. So ended up graduating last Saturday, and then I still. So they do it really weird in, in the fall. So everyone that graduates in the fall. You, you have the graduation ceremony, you walk and everything, and then the following week is finals week because they want to try to keep the ceremony away from Christmas so it's not interfering with the holidays. So graduated last weekend and then still had to take one more final last week. So uh, everything went good there and then just made the trip home uh, yesterday. So getting everything moved back over to Bellingham and getting all set up living back at my parents' place just for a little bit. Uh, probably until the wedding. And so, um, yeah. When's big, the wedding? Big change. The wedding is May 23rd. Ooh. A, isn't there a fun fly right around that time? Othello's the weekend before, from what, oh. I, from what I've heard, the projected And you will be going to, be. to Othello, right? And I'll probably be at Othello, yeah. Pro, what's That's this probably bullshit? Yeah, this I, I, I heard a little bit of doubt. <laughs> I mean, it's... You know, hundred hundred percent committed is a, is a little bit too high of a percentage, but I'm just gonna say I'll probably be at Othello. Um, and so it begins. Yep. And so the life begins. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It's like now now done next, with school. Next episode, you'll have a kid on the way, Dan. Yeah. Oh, geez. Don't go that. Don't don't go that far. That we just hit fast forward pretty quickly right there. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that escalated that quickly, was, as they say. That can that happen. Did. We skipped. We skipped like couple years there of my life so <laughs> i want that back no but yeah so now just you know back home starting the uh the good old job search you know reality has hit the holidays are here but uh still got to try to find a job use that degree now you know what i like um, to say to my buddies that uh graduate with an engineering degree uh, I, I don't but i have a feeling you're gonna tell me yeah i'll take fries with that burger <laughs> <Yeah>. perfect <laughs> Hey, I mean, you never know. Give it a couple months. That makes. I feel like this job. is just the first of many cheesy engineering jokes. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's awesome, but, though, man! Congratulations. That's thank uh, you. That's a huge, huge uh, portion of your life uh, changing drastically and over. You know, is it kind of bittersweet to look back on the last four years and realize it's done? Oh yeah, definitely. Especially like you know, packing up the apartment, moving back home, 
um, hanging out with the buddies the last couple nights this uh, this past week, and uh, so yeah, just all that stuff. Definitely bittersweet. A lot, you know, a lot of good times, but uh, definitely time to turn the page and go yeah, on to the next step. That, when you're in that school mode, it, it um, I I enjoyed it when I was going to school, mm-hmm. college. I mean, when you're in that school mode, it's um, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's different. But when you look back on it, it's like I look back on it very fondly. Though you know it was tough. Nursing school is no no easy, easy. Uh, Do you even remember either. that long ago? I know, man. It was back like in eighteen. <laughs> oh, jeez, uh, that was uh, <laughs> before pre-Florence Nightingale. I mean, everything. Yeah. You yeah turn know, your right? turn your homework in on a rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Etch it into a rock. <laughs> Hammer and chisel. <laughs> I'd imagine that wasn't very much fun, but yeah, uh, it was. It was exhausting. Uh, learned how to use a hammer and chisel real well. Yeah, don't mess uh, no, up. It was. It was fun. Yeah, you have to start start, start over. over with your paper. No white out there, buddy. <laughs> Me ain't the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even have like bondo or just any you know cement mix to put in there. To start over. <laughs> So you're done. So let's talk about, uh, of course, it's been kind of a, it's been a real hectic. Yeah. So it's weeks. been, it's been quite a while. I think we didn't really do like a, a flight check in at OHB per se, but since OHB, this, this is going to hurt, but it, you know, it's just been way too busy. I did not get any flying in. In fact, I just told Nick no the other I just told Nick the other day when I went home for Thanksgiving break, um, so back to Bellingham for Thanksgiving break, have a whole week had a whole week off from school. I went back to school and then OHB was that following weekend and then graduation was the following weekend and now I'm home. Um, I didn't even bring any helis back from Thanksgiving break. So <laughs> Oh damn. <laughs> it was one of those things where like I just I know that truck space is going to be tight getting my entire apartment moved back home. So um, in the last, you know, since OHB, haven't gotten a single flight. I did, however, before OHB, uh, get in a couple flights. There was one weekend um, out at the field uh, where Nick and I ran out there real quick, got in some flights on the warp and the 7HV. And then there was another day where I spent like the entire day flying the warp. I um, just went over to my grandparents' house. So I have a small little field. Um, perfect for flying that 450 size and got in like 16 flights on the warp that day. Um, so since OHB, not a whole lot's been happening. Before OHB, um, did get in a little bit of flying. Now there's one thing, uh, so, you know, talking about graduation and all this stuff, there's one thing that I want to mention that I got as a graduation gift that is heli related and it's actually RC heli nation related. Uh, so, so Kayla's dad got me, you guys know what like the, the plastic or the, uh, the glass growlers are like that. You go to the storm, fill up with beer, like the big hits out like right. a half gallon oh, yeah. glass jug. Oh yeah. So there's a guy here locally, um, works at like an auto body shop, but he is amazing at painting. Um, and he, so he paints growlers. You can go in there and do custom, whatever you want. And so Kayla's dad got me this growler painted. That's the base coat is all like this sparkly crimson color, which is WSU. And then on one side of the on one side of the growler, there's the WSU logo in like dark gray, with like a claw mark going through it. And then inside the claws is all these little gears. So tons and tons of tiny gears inside the claw marks, all oh, painted wow. in there. Nice. Then on the other side of the growler is the huge RC Heli Nation logo, 
like our nice. whole backdrop for the website got the the diamond plate going. Oh, holy uh, cow! So the, yeah, the Dude. entire logo sprayed on. Uh, to Pictures already didn't happen. Yeah, I oh, gotta no, no, see no. photos. I, yeah, I will definitely be putting up some photos. We gotta get. I got to get it out in the sunlight though, or it really you can see because it's an auto, it's automotive paint, so it really shines, and then it's clear coated. Oh, so I got to get some pictures of it out in the sun. But awesome gift, definitely that something cool. Filling up, bringing to the fun flies this summer. Um, but yeah, so that was that was really really cool to get. Nice. So, like I mentioned, I did get in a couple flights before OHB, which gave me the opportunity to put just just a couple flights on the Zeal blades. I know it's been quite a while since there's, you know, I've given an update on those, and unfortunately, it's going to continue probably <laughs> to be a couple more weeks because, well, two flights just doesn't quite cut it for uh, checking out some blades. But I have been getting a lot of emails, um, so I will be getting some flights on those blades. Mainly, I can tell you guys right off the bat, so coming from the compass blades over to the zeal blades, a, a head tuning, retuning the head a little bit is in order. Um, there's a couple little bobbles here and there, and just some things that, you know, I'll go in, tweak the gains just a little bit. Nothing, we're not talking anything major, like, oh my goodness, now the heli doesn't fly good anymore, or anything like that, but, you know, just some minor stuff where to really... Um, I guess get down to the details and figure out which blade I would prefer, you know, I think flies better or whatnot. I was going to take a little bit of head tuning and maybe go as far as like, you know, using the V-bar bank switching with put the compass blades on, make sure those are tuned perfect, put that on bank one. Now switch over to bank two, put the zeal blades on, tune those up perfect, whether, you know, that might take a couple flights or whatnot, but then back to back one flight after the other go from compass blades, bank one, zeal blades, uh, bank two. And really give them a fair shake, you know, when everything's tuned up as best as I can possibly get it. Um, so once that happens, then I'll definitely uh, be reporting back. And uh, yeah, so see what you know, see what I think of the blades. Maybe nice. Saturday. Maybe Saturday. Yeah, we'll see. I'm definitely everything's ready to go. Um, it's just going to be dependent on the weather. Which how's the weather supposed to be up there this weekend? I don't know. It, probably. Yeah, it doesn't. I, all I can say is we have a wind advisory, and it's not looking the greatest on the rain issue either. So, yeah, yeah I've got a flood watch. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and yeah. So we have a wind advisory, a flood watch, and yeah, everything. So <laughs> I mean, you know, just just providing a little perspective there. Yeah. <laughs> Justin's got a flood watch, and there's no river. How about and, that? Yeah, but yeah. his field is like below sea level. Yeah. So. You know, there there is a possibility. So yeah, the weather's not looking great. Hopefully, if it does somehow end up being sunny or I guess just not rainy or not blowing thirty miles an hour, then definitely getting out of the field and flying uh, this weekend. And so, other than that, just a couple you know minor things. It is winter, um, and I will have a little bit of time hopefully before you know find a job and transition into the working schedule. Um, so just got to go through. I just kind of noticed it almost seems like it's a yearly thing. I don't know. Uh, Justin, you have a Honda generator, correct? The yep, 2000? I sure do. Have you ever had to rebuild or like go clean out the carburetor on your generator? Nope, not yet. Man, it on, for some, and maybe I just need to like get a rebuild fly. kit or do something. That's yeah, true. I was, I was, I was <laughs> waiting for that Does to come out. Does your still run? <laughs> it doesn't use it. He you doesn't actually have to fly and charge batteries. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but for some reason, you know, I've, and I know I've said this before on the show, it seems like it's about a yearly thing to tear my generator down, pull the carburetor out of it, and completely just spray it out, clean out all the jets, because it's starting to do that 
you know, a little bit of a flutter on the throttle at an idle when the eco throttle is turned on. So, you know, just the general winter maintenance stuff, not only on the helis, but on all the supporting heli gear as well. So, yeah. Rock on, dude. Long list, chipping away at it, but that's my plan for the next couple weeks. Hey, Kayla, would you mind uh, charging up my batteries while I pack up all my helis and other gear so we can head out to the field? I would love to, if I could figure out how to work this charger. It's so confusing. You really need to get yourself a new one. (laughs) You don't have to tell me twice. I know exactly what I'll get. I'm going to head over to revelectrics.com to order myself up a brand new dual PowerLab 8 charger. With the pre-programmable menus and the endless customization, it's extremely fast and easy to charge nearly any battery. Thank God. So let's go next. I'll let Justin go. Aww. Aww. What if I don't want to go? Yeah, okay, I'll go. Bad. Yeah, you'll go. You'll go. I'll right. go. Yeah, you will. It's uh, it's been a couple of those weeks, man. The weather, you know. I I called Nick up today, or I I don't know if I called you or I texted you, but I'm like, dude, I'm having like a shitty mood RC day because <laughs> yep. this whole week has been busy. It's been raining like crazy here since we got back from OHB. And I'm not talking like sprinkles. We've gotten like six inches of rain in the last two weeks. Wow. Our field is probably at this point under a foot of water. It's it's gone. Which means the next time I'm able to set foot on it is probably sometime in March or April. uh, or, Or else I will sink into the mud. And uh, I I don't know, man. I've just been really struggling. But good good things are are going on here. For one, I reinstated the simulator on my computer. Oh, oh, yeah, cow. yeah, big day. So now, little frustrated because I booted up Windows, the Windows partition, for the first time in a long time. Got RF up and running, 6.5 still, so I'm like two versions behind. And I'm like, well, this will be perfect. You know, I'm they've got 7.5. Uh, I'll go on the website and see whether I can just, you know, buy it and download the, the upgrade. Now, it doesn't happen that way. You got to buy the CD. That was a little aggravating to me. I was already in sort of a mood, so I'm like, fine, screw you. I'll I'll go and find another simulator. You're going to make me buy a disc? Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm gone. So, Who buys discs anymore? Well, silly, I know. Silly What's man? a disc? In fact, most Seriously. computers don't even come with disc readers anymore. Right. Yeah. I took mine out. How about that? <laughs> and and I've got Phoenix, but that one hasn't been touched in so long. I don't even consider it anymore. So it, it was real flight only. They weren't going to let me download it that I could find. If someone knows how to do it, let me know. But so then I went on and tried out the next uh what is it called the CG let's let's get the right CGM? thing it's like CGM RC heli simulator yeah that's right next uh, we had talked about right it now. I had to look at the icon too Dan. <laughs> <laughs> we had talked about it a few weeks back before OHB and I know you had tried it a long time ago Dan and 
I think at the time maybe didn't like it all that much. Uh, after we talked about it on that show, I had a number of listeners get in contact with me and say, you really need to try the newest version. It's completely different than the, the original release. So hopped on the website and unlike real flight, I could download it and when? I can download a trial before actually paying for it. And the trial allows you to do everything that the real software does, except you can only fly it two minutes at a time. But you can do all the tuning, everything. And I got to tell you, man, I'm I'm actually really liking this sim. I, I haven't pulled the trigger on the full software yet because it's like 80 bucks and I've still been messing around with tuning. But Nick and I spent like an hour or so on the phone mm-hmm. earlier this week just sitting there like, oh, I got my 120 seconds, go. And we'd tune a couple of things and fly, oh, yeah, that feels good. Oh, try this, try that. And then it would time out. You, you close the software, open it back up again. What's nice about it is it's Mac native. And this thing now, my Mac is like five years old at this point. It is slow compared to all the stuff that you guys are running. And it opens and closes and runs good graphics without a problem on this software. Fast. So we were able hmm, between nice. the two of us to mess with probably a half dozen different models and we were screwing around with all the basic and advanced tuning parameters. I'm getting a model at this point that feels pretty damn good and I'm liking the, the graphics, especially the lighting on the disc, which I personally believe is better than real flight, at least at the graphics level that I was running. And the physics feel good to you? The physics do, you know, the one main, the major complaint I had when I just started flying at default is that it felt floaty, but right. uh, it turns out, I think that that had a lot to do with the model that I was flying. Mm-hmm. After I swapped through a, a couple of different models, I found uh, defaults that felt better. And then from there, Nick and I found uh, probably two or three different parameters that uh, you can tune in the head and then also the physics of of the model itself that make it feel much better yeah the cyclic inertia was a big one yep now justin with that uh, simulator what's the transmitter situation is it use your own is it use a usb transmitter what's the oh dude i just use the interlink the minute i turned on the software it was like it recognized the interlink and it said do you want to calibrate this transmitter I think and Jesse, so that was it. If you don't have one, uh, you just buy one of those generic USB, um, yeah, like adapters. Gotcha. Yeah, so I let me uh, think. You can get straight to Futaba. The, nice. Did you have any problems getting a throttle hold? Yeah, I can't figure out how to throttle. Yeah, hold. I never was able to get throttle. Hold I can't so, figure out how to go to normal mode either, but. Um, admittedly, I spent about three and a half seconds programming the transmitter. I got I just my throttle to hold fly. to work. Oh, did you get throttle hold? Yeah, I was shooting autos with it. Okay. But it, it was really weird to get it to spool back up into normal and idle up too. But again, just like you, I put very little to no time into the, uh, into the switch assignments. It was just like immediately straight to how the model tuned. That's, That's what I was, I was going for with. as well. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm, 
Kind of like what Nick and Jesse had said at the OHB shows. I, I uh, After seeing a lot of great pilots, I got a renewed sense of wanting to go back and, you know, uh, practice. And let's face it, with the weather that we've got right now, man, it's pretty much the only way I can get a consistent uh, um, scratching of the itch. You know, the the chase is still there, but like today, it was sunny for five minutes, and then just when I thought I was going to go out and fly, it would start raining again. Then the rain would go away, and the sun would come back, and it would be blowing 30 miles an hour. So I got a couple of flights in during the week, uh, actually in the beginning of the week, where it hadn't been raining until later in the afternoon at lunch. But uh, the wind was so horrible, dude. I mean, I I think we had like a windstorm, and I'm talking like gusts above 30. The chase didn't like it, and it wasn't fun either. It was just fighting the whole damn time. In the meantime, though, I've been putting together a little mini 250 quad for FPV racing. <laughs> so that's been a lot of fun. That's that's let me nerd out a little bit more since I can't fly the big helis Um and uh, had a couple of challenges <laughs> with the FPV system. Uh, I bought a, a 5.8 gigahertz transmitter. Uh, tried to get it working on my system. No luck. Just would not work. So that one got returned. Second one comes still having challenges, but I can at least get a video feed. And long story short, it turns out I had what appears to be an intermittent short between the video line and ground in the actual audio video cable. So every time it shorts to ground, you just don't get a video signal. But going back after I got it, got a new cable, going back to the original one before I returned it, the stupid thing is a 32 channel transmitter. It only transmits on one frequency. 5,860 megahertz, no matter which of the 32 dip switch combinations you put it in. (laughs) That really pissed me off, man. Wow. Huh. Now, I'm I'm sure it was probably built by like a (laughs) seven-year-old in some overseas factory. And yeah, you can't fault them for that, I guess. But it was incredibly aggravating. Like I, I was, I was ready to throat punch someone. <laughs> nice getting his ass kicked by a quad. God, man. Yeah. Well, there's and a, you know, it's it's been a while since a I've messed with them, you. and in particular, it's been a while since I've messed with FPV. And what I what I remember now is that you really got to be careful with the wiring on these things. It is not like. This is not all plug and play, ready to go like a pod and boom. Nope. Uh, you really need to make sure that you think things through and you minimize wire runs and you got to, you know, I've I've put a couple of filters in already, capacitors and inductors on the wiring board to make sure that my video stays clean. And that, I think, is one of the draws for me is because it is a little bit more technical. When are you doing one, Nick? Yeah, probably not. I like how you kind of play that down, but we all know you're going to do one. Why not, Nick? 
You, I got, you I got told other me, and to I do. quote, hold on to the parts list. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because I may want to get one once I, I see how yours works out. Yeah, I'll I'll let what's your line, Dan? Let, let the pioneers the, take the arrows. Yeah, let the pioneers take the arrows. I'll let him go through three or four revisions of it, and then I'll see how long he continues to use it, and then I'll decide <laughs> if I want to get one. Hmm. If you make it through the first if you make it onto the second roller coaster, then I, I might be interested in one, but What's uh, the second roller coaster? Well, you got to get past the initial, ooh, ah, this is awesome because it's new. And, you know, get past that. So you go up because it's awesome. Then you go down because you get used to it and then see if there's anything else. If it stays down, then I didn't spend a dime and I got a laugh out of it. But if, you know, if you you stay with it and it's something that seems to keep going, then then I might be, I'll, I'll, I'll look into it more. All right. Fair enough. When are you getting one, Dan? Uh, I might already have one. Oh, yes. Hmm. Wow. Good. I yeah, I agree, Jesse. Hmm. 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 Wait a minute, Jesse. Yeah, you Jesse, even you said that no, you'd be in on it. You already have an FPV set up, Jesse. You can't go. I don't use it for FPV, Dan. I use it for aerial photography. Oh, oh it's so <laughs> official sounding. It's so nice. <laughs> no, you're right. I I do. Huh, Nick? Waiting on you, man. Time for you to get one. They're cheap. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I, what controller did you end up going with, Justin? I went with the CC3D. Not the Naze. Not the Naze. Um, you know, I I posted on Facebook about my setup a week or two ago, and what ensued was a massive conversation. Actually, it was more like an argument between. Ryan Fonseca and uh, Al, Elvin Wilson, uh, about the the pros and cons of both controllers. But, you know, I got on the phone with Al a couple of times. He's big into this stuff. And here in the Pacific Northwest, he's probably one of the most experienced guys in these little mini FPV racers. So I take what he had to say uh, seriously. And he said that the CC3D is overall a lot easier to get going and tuned and all that. And if you feel like you want to step up in capability for like GPS, then you can go to the Naze. But Are those Arduino-based open source. Those the 3D. Yeah. Yes, it's all it's all open source. Gotta love it. Gotta love mm-hmm. open source. So is that all you got, man? I mean, we don't want to go on and on. Jesse and and, uh, and Nick are going to fall asleep. We keep talking about this stuff. I already did. About multi-rotors. I already did. Nick's like, I already did. Yeah. yeah. So we're going we're gonna to move on. Nick, how about you go next, man? Uh, I flew. Remember what did, that is, guys? What, what is this flying you speak of? Yeah, I've I flew seen too. It. I flew to Orlando. Oh, dude, I flew. <laughs> yeah, I flew. Touché. Well, hold on. Flight counts. We didn't get there. I'm at 372. Where are you at, Jesse? Uh, give me a minute. Not sure. I haven't flown in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if I just had one more month, I could actually double yours, Justin. Right now, I'm at 532. Okay, nice. I mean, we're coming down to the wire here, so there's not much left, right? Yeah, I feel pretty confident that I'm okay. Where are you at, Dan? <laughs> uh, we'll get into that in a minute. Okay. He's at 440. <laughs> like well, he has been I'm for not. like six months. No, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, it's good. Nick's turn, so let's... Uh, All right. Go ahead, Nick. I had 
Now you're going to ask me how many, and I don't remember. You have to do the backwards math because I don't pay attention like that. I just keep track of the total. I'm just tapping buttons on my flight log as I go. I set a personal record on Saturday for most flights in a day. And boys, we're talking into the 30s. 30 flights in one day? Yep. 32, to be exact. What? Uh, I don't know. But by the, I am at a total of 614 flights. Well, you told us 32 at the end of last weekend, so that's why I'm saying that. Okay. Or you told me. No, I, I still thirty-two. As I dang. as I remember right, there was a group text that said something along the lines of, uh, "No, that's flying bitches" or something. Yeah, like stick that. time, bitches. Stick time, <laughs> yeah. Bitches. <laughs> yeah, I got a, a, you know, not a super early start. I kind of waited out a little bit of the drizzle, but then, man, I want to say about eleven o'clock, ten thirty, eleven. I hit it and I hit it hard and I did not stop. I flew until it was too dark to fly and kept up a fierce pace. I mean, just a fierce pace, as fast as my feeble little brain could. Completely alone? Yep, 100%. Now, be honest. Did it get old after a couple of hours? I would say the last three flights I vaguely remember. Yeah, Um, I mean, does it it gets to the point where you're just kind of like, I guess I'm flying just to get the flight count in? Well, no, because, you (laughs) know, you can be honest, you still got the flight count, whether they were good or fun flights, it doesn't make a difference. I think it's like, you know, it, it reminds me of like running a half marathon. You have ups and downs throughout the day when you fly that much. You really do. You like have little, like you'll get on something and then the next two flights working on that thing are very entertaining and then the one after that might be like okay i'm tired of that now and then you'll have a couple of them two three in a row where it's very bland and kind of uh and then you just wait for the next thing you know what i mean so you kind of have to you have to get creative with what you want to do uh for me uh i got in a lot of tuning and flying uh, more so just experimentation. You know, I was setting up a couple banks and I had my 30-second rule where it's like I fly for 30 seconds, um, I'll switch over to one bank for 30, the next bank for 30, and then go back to the original one or whichever one flew the best and no more tuning for the rest of the flight and then go have fun. And I learned a lot. I mean, a lot. I kind of dug into the V-Bar governor and stumbled upon what is, uh, in my opinion, probably the biggest tuning discovery I have ever discovered. Well, I have discovered in, I'm going to almost go so far as to say years. How about that? That's a big statement. That's pretty bold, man. It is. It's bold. Okay. So here's the, here's the cool part. This is what I learned. A worn-out set of packs can still be flown and will still, I use the term perform loosely, but one thing that I noticed, and I've, I, I can now actually probably confirm this with almost any governor, a symptom of a worn-out pack might not 
just be it doesn't feel like it has as much power because you've got to remember the governors are just amazing what they're doing behind the scenes is is you know we just hear the motor sound and the blade sound and fly but how much of throttle they're putting in is uh you know a lot more active than what we can what we think it is well one of the negative symptoms of a worn out set of packs is you will get a tail kick how about that Mm. A tail kick when you load the head quickly, a.k.a. like a pitch pump. Because it sags? Yep, because the voltage sags quickly, and the governor sees that massive sag and then pours in the coals to try and make up for it. And when it does, it violently throws the throttle in much more than than it would on a good set of packs. And you get a governor tail kick. So it's actually the governor that's romping back on the throttle, causing the tail to kick out to the right. And just to clarify, we're not he's not talking about when he says the older packs, they're not the old puff worn out. No, no, no. I'm talking I mean, they're they're still packs that you would consider definitely flyable. Hundred percent you know. Hundred percent flyable. Well until you see this. Well, yeah, well okay, yeah. And so, and how, and this for the record, this is not a theory like I have a, a newer set of OptiPower packs. And, and it, I mean, I don't even care about brand. I, I won't even, I, how about this? We'll just throw the name out. I have a new set of packs and then I have three sets of packs that have a couple hundred cycles on them probably each that still fly perfectly fine. I mean, you can load them f- full collective hurricane and they're no different than the new packs with a constant load. But so how I found this was I've been trying to exhaust those old packs, just flying them, flying them, flying them to try and, I mean, it's like I want them to die because I want an excuse to go buy a bunch of new packs for next year, but they won't, so I keep flying them. Well, I was trying to work on the tail, and, and Jesse, when Jesse and I were in Othello earlier in the year and I first put the V-Bar gov on, I mean, it was just dialed. Holy cow. And even he was like, well, this is crap because the tail's holding better and performing better than his 7HV was um, uh, on the Contronic Governor. And we were just giggling because it was cool. Well, I had never been able to get that back. And I even went to the point where I, you know, put the same speed controller brand back on, the same everything back in there. And here I'm out there flying on Saturday, and I got these big gnarly tail kicks that I just can't tune out. I mean, Governor Feedford, Collective, Cyclic, the Collective Dynamic, you name it. None of it was making a difference, and I was really stumped. Well, I just happened to uh, forget to throw a set of packs on charge, so I got behind in my charging cycle and decided to throw just a whole bunch of stick packs on and charge them at once, so I grabbed out of my drawer uh, that newer set of OptiPower packs that I've been, you know, saving as my quote-unquote good packs. First flight, n- everything was gone. I went, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so I charged them back up, did another flight. Perfect. Okay, so then I started going back-to-back. Back. Same setting, same everything. Kick is gone. Solve that mystery. That's been a very very long ongoing mystery that I now 
I mean, it now it just kind of makes me question, guy, a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of stuff. It's very interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. Never would have saw that coming. So it was an incredible day. I even got in. You guys will laugh about this. I even got in three plank flights. How about that? What? I didn't even know you had one. Uh-huh. Huh. Yep. Yeah, I, where did you get that from, dude? Yeah, from you. <laughs> I horked, I horked uh, Justin's Justin's foamy, his 3D foamy. It's a and? lot of fun. It's a, Dude, it's a hoot. Yeah, it's so stupid easy to fly. Oh, God, it is. It yeah. makes me laugh. I mean, it took a is little bit. One of those profile jobbers or... It, I don't, Justin, what no, is it? No, it's a, it's a, oh, I think it's like a 38 inch wingspan EPP foam from, uh, what's it called? Something E EU. It's a flash. Yeah, it's it's called the Flash. I can't remember the brand, Dan, but it's one of the typical, very popular 3D foamies. It's nice. super capable. I mean, oh, it took yeah, me dude. a little bit to get it, you know, just to figure out and get it trimmed. And then, oh my God, the mix is stupid. I mean, put a, I'm going to put a gyro in it. No question. It's like flying a flybar heli. It's just dumb. Just <laughs> Yeah. I'll put a three-axis gyro in it. I saw, I've seen a couple pretty cheap ones. But it's easy. I don't, yeah. It makes me feel, I feel bad for plankers because it's. It took. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, but it's really cool being a heli guy, and it's not like I'm like, ooh, ah, I'm that great at all. But it's really awesome starting with helis and then going back and doing some of these other things because it just makes them so much easier. You know, I mean, you want to know one of the the biggest things that impresses the plankers when a heli guy goes to fly is that we actually use the rudder in flight. Yeah, for coordinated turns. Yeah, plankers don't typically, unless they're into the 3D stuff, use their rudder. Except really? Except for taxiing, yeah. Yeah. That's so weird, because hmm. I like, found myself being very dependent on it. I mean, it, it just I, I used it a lot. Like rolling cir- circuits, rolling both directions and everything, going all the way around. That took, I think, two flights. To really get Yeah, down. see, that's <laughs> what I love about it. I can go out there after not flying it for six months or a year and bust out with rolling circuits. And if I tried to do that on a heli, it would be in the ground after You'd about the out. second roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I'm, you know, it does give me, uh, you know, this might be a pretty big statement, but. Well, I think we're going to save that for next episode, but there's going to be some some direction and some changes uh, for me personally going into next year, and I could possibly see where this could aid in some training. Oh, I agree completely. We'll just, we'll leave it at that, but yeah, man, just flew. It's fine. I mean... Models are still doing their thing. Nothing, uh, no big changes there, I don't think. Still flying. Justin's got my, oh, Justin's got my Gropner. 
Oh, yeah. I forgot to talk about that. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a Here bunch. Here we go again. <laughs> well, people were, you know, oh, I thought you looked. Man, okay. Yeah. Let me clear mm-hmm. something up. Yeah, clear it up. Clear it up for us. I love <laughs> that radio. Mm-hmm. I do. So obviously. much you gave it to Justin. Yeah, <laughs> so much. Well, just let me finish. I love. I absolutely <laughs> like, love that radio. Like, I really love you, Auden, but I'm going to have you go live with your uncle. <laughs> well so you know for me uh i as i've learned i am extremely ergonomically picky when it comes to a radio and unfortunately after remember that incident with hitting throttle hold on accident (laughs) and i laughed about it well, then I had one more incident where I actually dropped into idle. What did I do? Oh, flipped into idle up two or something like that on accident. And I, I've never accidentally hit switches and, ever. And you did the, the throttle hold thing again out at the field that one day just yep. a few weekends ago. Yep. Wow. So um, that's when I was like, wow, okay, something's really not right here. And it took me a little while to figure out, but because I had uh, removed those back two switches, I just did. I wasn't getting the stability in the way that I was holding the radio. It just wasn't sitting securely in my hands. So, despite absolutely loving the radio, uh, it's the same exact situation as for me. It was with the fourteen SG. Love the radio. Didn't have a complaint about it. Really wish that I was still flying it, but you know, it just ergonomically it didn't fit and didn't work out so justin was like well hey dude uh you in a hurry to get rid of it and i was like nah not really so i dropped it off uh when we went to ohb i dropped it off with him so that he could mess around with and uh i really like it dude i mean the only the only thing about it like you mentioned nick is that i've never held a radio where the back sets of switches are so close together I think the way I hold, what the way I fly with thumbs, I don't put the same finger back there as as you guys do when you pinch. Mm-hmm. But even for me, it was way too tight. Um, but I can get over it because I can just reposition my hand and redo the switches. But it is, I can say, in the small amount of time that I've used it, it is. Um, I'd say it's probably the best full-featured radio i've flown in a long time Uh, i i have no doubt in my mind that it kicks the ass of all of the other telemetry capable radios out there except for the jetty and if it weren't for the fact that i'm saving up for the jetty then uh uh i'd probably have one so i'm going to continue to use yours until you decide what you want to do with it (laughs) yeah it's it's sweet it's a bummer. And it's not nearly as difficult as I thought it was to program. Nah, it's a steep I didn't learning even curve. Pull, I forced myself not to use the manual. I sat down uh, on the couch and turned the thing on. And in 30 minutes, I had gone through every single function in the radio, figured out what it did, got a new model programmed, everything ready to go. Easy as hell. Hmm. Yeah, I think the 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 most difficult thing was figuring out how to get it into uh, into some D mode. 
for the single wire fly barless hookup. That was not, the manual was a little like, huh? Confusing? What? But <laughs> once you, again, once you figure it out, then it's it's cake. Yeah, my, that one didn't bug me. My biggest problem was binding the receiver. But yeah, I figured tricky. it out after about five minutes of randomly pressing multiple buttons. <laughs> and then it started blinking and the lady came in with her British accent and was like, receiver strength, low. Yeah. No, it's a sick radio. I love it. I, I hate to get rid of it, but it's it's up on the chopping block. Just not going to work. So what's next? What radio's next? Uh, I don't know. I might be t- just taking a break for a while, truthfully. Sticking with the 8FG? Uh, yeah, yeah. Flying the 8FG for now. Um, Again, you know, I, I would say if I had to pick one, uh, if I had to pick one, well, we'll get into it uh, when we talk about OHB. That I do ad- admit that I got to feel what is it, Justin? The D DS sixteen and the DS fourteen. Yeah, the fourteen. I got yeah. to feel the DS fourteen jetty, and way better than I expected. Way better than I expected. So I would actually put in my, in my list of like, pick it up, put it in my hands, close your eyes. This one could work. Uh, so I'll add that to the list. Realistically, I'll I'm probably headed in the V control direction. Ugh. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Dan, explain yourself. Uh, it's just. Tying yourself down, dude. You cannot tie yourself down to one fly barless unit. Can't do it. I, you know, you just I can't because if you do, you're going to end up spending a shit ton of money. Well, okay, but wait. Just so Justin brought that up too, and I countered it with a pretty fair point. You know, the Raptors have stayed. The two E seven hundreds have. You know, I've flown those. Uh, well, one of them at least, but I have flown those models over a year solid, right? I varied setups on them slightly, but for the most part, I put a lot of flights on them with all the same equipment that I've been very happy with. And it would not break my heart to get a V control just to fly those, like just those models, keep the 8FG, and have one other heli as kind of like my non. I mean, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. I don't want to get another E700, but I would love to have another 700 class heli. And I guess maybe, I, can buy, I can buy that. Exactly. Just you keep, know. you know, just put the 8FG on the yeah, shelf. Yeah, and the 8FG runs on that. That way I can swap fly barless systems and radios and this and that and have it not affect my my go-to I need to put in the flight count or, or progress helis. Fair enough. So that's my counter to that, but... Alrighty. Yeah. I mean, who knows if it'll happen. I'm, anytime you buy a radio, I've noticed radios, you take a pretty good hit on them. You know, yeah. they don't have a great resale value. So while the Groppner was very fair priced, you know, I, I still have it. It's it's up for sale right now, but it's it's I'll end up taking a hit on it. And I'm just not. That's a really big jump from the Groppner to the V control Anything. price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> really big jump.
in a world where 22 degrees of pitch just doesn't cut it. One tool, all setups, all sizes, all brands. Soko Heli Tools, a unique setup methodology. Soko Heli Tools, coming to a web page near you at www.soko-heli-tools.com. Set up different and Soko your heli. I I did get one flight in since the last we talked. Uh, one flight, huh? What? I flew at wow. OHB. Oh, that's right. Uh, you only Prince. flew once at OHB? You just settled you stayed right for the hell down there. Two Ruchi. more days, one flight. I had more important things to do than fly when I was there. And we'll get into that when we talk about OHB. But as far as what I've been up to is man, this, uh, this last two weeks, it kind of feels like a whirlwind of everything because, you know, you, you take like the time. Like a wrecking ball? Yeah. You take the time to go and then you got to come home and catch up. <laughs> Nick, come on, dude. Is that some that kind of a reference? So, that went so far over his head. That was he rad. had no idea what you were talking. I about. I have a feeling you were talking about some poppy <laughs> artist that I have no desire to want to even discuss mention. or mention. Yeah. So I just I didn't want to give you that. That's what it boils down to. Yeah, I went there. Uh huh. <laughs> it was. Uh, it's been a crazy. You know, of course. You know we. Um, <clears throat> Got to OHB, and we're, we're going to talk about that at the end of the show. But you know, things <laughs> things got a little crazy on the way home. We didn't really take into account how much time it was going to take to ship all of our shit back home, right? So we, you know, we've had to kind of work around uh, whatever FedEx or whoever delivered. I don't know who delivered. Was it FedEx? You shipped it. Yeah. Well, I didn't ship it. <laughs> tell us. I didn't ship it. I just sat there and told told uh, Kyle oh, what address gotcha. to go to. So I, whatever service he used, I don't know. Oh, it's Kyle's fault then. No, it's not Kyle's fault. I was just saying I don't know who shipped it. FedEx. Yeah, it doesn't matter who. I'm I'm, I'm guessing UPS would have been just as slow. The point I would is, still blame it on Kyle anyway because <laughs> he's not here and you can. I agree. Yes. It uh, so that that kind of screwed up our schedule a little bit, and you know, in the as far as just getting back and getting back into the swing of things, getting caught up at work, and it's just been crazy. So, no flying, and and the this weather is so it's weird because it's like seven degrees in the morning, and then by mid afternoon today and this the rest of this week, it's just torrential rain, and then ice in the morning. So it sucks. No, uh, no good flying weather at all to be had. Yeah, even if there was. Probably. So you're simming instead, yeah, right? <laughs> I wanted to talk about the sim actually. Uh no, I'm not simming. I try. I tried. I gave it the good old college <laughs> try, but it just didn't pan out. <laughs> I was uh, didn't work out for me. It's not for me. I did. Uh, I did dust off the uh, NEXT or Next or whatever you want to call it, the mm-hmm. the, the uh, sim, and I went to, uh, you know, I have the very first version. As we all know, I didn't like it, so I'm not gonna sim on that. I got the Interleak controller, not an issue there. I 
could not figure out how to update it without buying a whole new version. Oh. So. Oh. I don't well, that know. Sucks. I don't quote me and maybe a listener knows better, but I shit, I went through all the options and uh, the, uh, you know, went into the program and, and tried to find uh generally, you know, you go to like, you know, the about or something like that and ask you to check the version. you Did have. you try to download the new version and then just use your register number? I don't know what my registered number is. Does it have one in it? Well, in words, you got to go, it- probably got to go back to email because Oh, well, you can know. download it for <laughs> free. That's been gone for years. <laughs> oh, he's like, never mind. Whatever. Yeah. I'm screwed. What color post-it note would that be on? Uh, it's not a post-it note. I just delete my email uh, inbox every six months, whether I need to or not. <laughs> and Screw flush. If I, if I haven't looked at an email in six Whoosh. months, what in the hell is the point of keeping it around? That's what's for the archived ones and the, oh, the important sh- stuff. Logic and re- folders. And yeah, folders. Organization. And passwords and. Yeah, passwords. The jello and the pudding. And the- every time oh. I. Hey, look. Every time I need to log on to something, I have to change the password. Whether it's the Google yeah, Drive. You have to get your old one emailed to you. Yeah. <laughs> can't freaking remember it. <laughs> You're so busted, and you can't say shit about that uh, either. That is awesome. What's what do you? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'll tell the story because it's really, really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Dan is one of those people that lives for that feature of once you put a password in, it remembers it for you. Yeah, forever, forever <laughs> until right. something happens. And so. We- <laughs> we were in Orlando. We get the first show, and we're like, "All right, let's get this bad boy up there. Get on to the next one." He's like, "I don't even know my password." <laughs> I'm like, well, "What for? For, for to upload anything. the show for the FPV server? Oh, FTP? Yeah, yeah, FPV. Wow, yeah, we know where you're at there, wild boy. Yep." So I, you know, I don't know if you guys, you haven't because you have not seen the raw password, but it's not a simple password and it's not a password oh, no. that I created. It's no. It's got a ampersand and a couple exclamation points and a, a number symbol and a capital Y. And I mean, just, I mean, just it's, it's that random. It's no good if you can't remember it. No. Well, shit. <laughs> it's so good. Even you can't crack it. Um, but <laughs> that, look, that password, when we when Larry first started helping us with this stuff and he came up with that password, he sent me a sheet and I found that sheet and I tried to enter that password that he sent me in and I, it would not go in. And he, he was like, well, he actually wrote a script, right? That I could upload. Yeah, dude, man, Larry. And it, it entered all the appropriate information right into the FTP. So uh, luckily I was able to find that script, but yeah, passwords suck and you got to have a password to wipe your ass these days. You get access to the toilet paper. You know wow. What I mean? <laughs> Everything in our lives has a password. How are you supposed to keep all that shit he's, straight? He's, 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 he's so bitter about it. Got to back down. And you can't yep. use the same password. Nope. I tried that, and it, you know, years ago, and it bit me in the ass. And it's like, <laughs> Getting some shit. <laughs> so yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I'm gonna. I actually. Uh, Using the same s- password. Well, I saw. 
It's, <laughs> they hacked my login on the porn site, and all of a yeah, sudden, I lost all my, my money bank. in my bank account, and I couldn't That's, figure out why. And look, someone's and wiping my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy touching me? What are you doing? Hey, look, I thought that was the the... guy that just robbed me. And God damn it, give me yeah. my Pandora account back. You son At least of a give bitch. me a reach around. <laughs> Don't put so, none of that Miley Cyrus shit on my Pandora just account. Just drain your bank account and deleted all your favorite porn videos. <laughs> oh, one shot, one guy. <laughs> I know, right? And then and then then he took that's my so World of Warcraft cool. account. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. That's bad news right there. So, but look. <laughs> isn't the whole point of having a Mac that you don't have to remember passwords? Isn't that Isn't no, that the whole No. no. <laughs> isn't there like so a chain? What you call that thing? The guy. Keychain. Huh? Keychain. Yeah. yeah. What the hell? What? It didn't work. You got to know where to find your keychain. I have no idea where to find your keychain. <laughs> Every time the, the you know OSX pops up and says, "Would you like to save this new password on the keychain?" He gets a warm and fuzzy feeling. Like, it's like I'm oh, never gonna, yeah, have, it's like, I'm yes. never gonna have to remember that password. And it, flush. It always, you know me. So, you know so, me. So every time I log on to Google, Google Drive or whatever, I have amazing. to change the. I bet I've changed the password to Google Drive four times this week. <laughs> what? Seriously, they're going to turn you in. They're going to because Dan looks at it like every time he logs in, then the relief sets in, and then that's it. He doesn't turn around and say, "How do I prevent that from happening again?" (laughs) He's good to go. No, no. What I think is no. Here's what I think. I'm going to remember this one. (laughs) I'm going to fucking remember this one. It's like my my my. Spotify account. I've I've had to change that twice or three times in the last week and a half. <laughs> yeah. Dan, Dan I love you, man. Path. But you are your password train wreck. Totally. I, you know, I haven't been able to log on to my bank account on my computer at home for <laughs> a year and a half. I got, I got no idea what's going on there. It's just. That I just is just freaking awesome. And if you ever had to buy a new computer, it'd be fucking it's, game over. His whole life gone. <laughs> game game reset. Over. No, I just have to Hold reconcile on. the fact that I'm going to have to go through and change every no, goddamn You're one of those people that the password to when your you email lose your phone, you can't call anyone. Ever. <laughs> well, the numbers are in my phone. Wait a minute. Do you have a passcode on your phone? Oh, yeah, but it's a number. Those are easy to remember. Well, then just make all your passwords no, because numbers. No, 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 no. Because, oh, you have to have one capital letter. You have to have one alphabet. You got to have one that number. That is frustrating. I agree it, with you, dude. And it's got to be at least eight characters long. Screw you. I want my password to be password. So when I need to know what it is. <laughs> That's what he's, I want. He's willing to roll the <laughs> dice on a hacker picking up on his shit and then just destroying his life. You can just you can just go capital P and put a period at the end, and you're good to go, man. That's, that would be great all day long. But see, I know I can't do that. That's what I would prefer to do, and that's why I have to everything that I need a password for. Occasionally, I have to change the password. It's security right. measures. That's why. Yeah, that's what it is. My my uh, my email. No one will be able hacked. to keep up with this. Can't get hacked that way. 
So I don't know how we got down this. Down this. You can't. Oh jeez. Locked up so tight, I can't even get into it. That's why I could never, ever, ever own one of those life alert things, or not the life alert, the life lock things, you know, or the security ID things. I would be locked out of my own goddamn life. Seriously, I would. Hello. This is the third attempt. This is your third attempt. Your shit is shut down until you prove to me who you are. That's what would happen. All right, I'm good. All right. Thank so, you, Dan. So, no, this week, um, this past few weeks has been pretty hectic. I did get one flight in an OHB. We'll talk about that when we get there. Um, the I, So, let me guys tell you guys. So, I actually did package up the blade to ship down there. Uh, when we got closer to it, I actually sent the helicopter with somebody to go to the UPS store. Uh, they didn't do it. Right. But it turned out okay because when we got closer to leaving, we got started thinking about making sure that everything went off without a hitch because we had plans to try some new equipment out. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, you know, we, I got to the point where, you know what, I'm going to be taking too much shit and we got to just get this show done. So I didn't decide to do it. So I still have a blade in a box. I haven't done anything with that. <laughs> A blade in a box. <laughs> it's a blade box. So what's this shit I've been hearing, Nick? Um, they discontinued that heli. What's up with that? Is that true? No. They discont- I had so many people tell me that. No, OG. they discontinued the uh, the 550 and the 600X. Okay. But they're still supporting the 700X. All right. It just it looks just- a little... It looks odd because what they did... Um, Obviously, Blade has, you know, a tremendous amount of focus in the micro and the smaller stuff. And so I think they're kind of going back in that direction to focus on that with the 180 CFX being such a huge success. So they've they opened uh, their team pilots up to kind of work in collaboration with Heli Direct, I do believe, uh, and Fly Goblins if they want to. So that's what huh. I think people saw that and just freaking ran with it right you know what i mean um like oh my gosh the guys all bailed on it no they've still got all the team pilots still have their 700 x's and they still fly them they just all bought goblins as well because it's something different i mean hey you know if it's cool with horizon to fly it then it's cool that there so sure yeah well that's good that's good news nice kyle stacy lied to me i'm gonna have to send him some hate mail yeah punk punk what a what a punk that kid is you know but if he keeps at it he's going to be a pretty good pilot someday maybe he's got, he's got some potential he's got some potential <laughs> well that, that about wraps it up for me we made uh, a fair amount of fun of my password uh, <laughs> disability flight count <laughs> disability i oh, like that uh flight count 441 is really 441 yes Wow. You're not going to catch me, though, Justin. So that's I, I'm right. fine with that. I didn't ever think I was going to catch you. Where are you mm-hmm. at? 370-something? 372. Dude, it could happen. It's Two days. Happen. Two days no. of dedication could get it's you not, there. It's not going to happen. Well, it's, I've got a lot got no of place time to fly. off. It's got, you've got no place to fly. I have a place to fly. You can fly 60 acres. 
I don't Seriously? need 60 acres. It's a ba- a baseball field that's <laughs> I, like 600 feet from my house. Shit. Does that mean I got to get some flights in? You should. And guess he's, what? He's As off. of next Tuesday, I don't go back to work until January 12th. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. Hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm more impressed with the absolute freaking amount of time you get off. My god. Dude. Why do you say that? I don't know. Everyone always says that. Because it feels like you always have. You're off on Fridays, and my God, man. They need a break from him. Is that what it is? Just just Justin has that time off. We got to get him out of the office somehow. Um, Tell him we're closing down shop. On every other Friday. Well, just tell him no one else is going to be here. (laughs) But it's just him that's going to be gone. Yep. So let's hope that he doesn't come in to do any extra work on a Friday that he's supposed to be off because then he'll know we lied to him. Must be nice, man. <laughs> Coosh job, huh? Yeah? Yeah? Oh, did yeah, any, yeah. Did, did you blow up any, uh, you know, motors? Uh, anything not go on as planned or? Nope. No? Huh. Okay. I, I did like What about Carrie, you, dude? I, I, do, I do like how Carrie dug into you at OHB. That was pretty awesome. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we should go into some news, huh? Do we have any news? Oh, we got a schload. A schload of news. A schload of load. All right, guys. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do we got? All right. I'm going to blow through these uh, fairly quickly because we do have... We got some ketchup, Dan. Yeah. Uh, and not the Heinz kind. Yeah, I like a little mustard on my hot dog, not ketchup. Mustard. Grey no poupon? Run, no one's going to run poupon? with that, huh? huh? Do you want grey poupon? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, Canamod has a whole flood of new canopies out. They've got stuff for the Forza HD 500, 300 CFX, uh, more Goblin ones, of course, more 700. They got, wow, they got a... Crazy looking one for the Raptor E700, 7 HVs, uh, 570 Goblins, Chase 360s, and a full canopy. They got a monster, the full canopy and boom kit uh, for the Goblin 700 competition. Just tons of them. You know, we haven't talked about canopies in a while, um, but they seem to have been kind of stocking up. So, you know, it might be a nice little Christmas treat for yourself. Go put some put some new duds on your heli scorpion has released you know we've been using the tools uh i don't justin do you have any no no well jesse and i have yeah i have too what what, what the hell why would oh, you, you had i did not know yeah. that uh-huh. i apologize oh yeah dan i am sorry about that uh-huh. justin's <laughs> the only uh odd man out here but these things are just the tools are phenomenal. They're they're fantastic. They're lightweight. Um, definitely the best set of tools I've owned. Well, it's cool now because you can get them as a whole kit, uh, and, and they come in a tool bag in a pack. All nice little organizer deal. Uh, one and a half millimeter all the way up to four millimeter on the hex. Uh, four millimeter flat. Five millimeter Phillips. Which uh, speaking of that five millimeter Phillips, you first pull it out of the bag and you go, what the hell am I ever going to use a Phillips this big for? Well, <laughs> uh, well, honestly, it, it did. It, I took oh, yeah, it out and I was like, uh, wow, 
okay, right to the point with this. I'm going to go uh, build some bridges and shit with this. <laughs> You're going to go wire some uh, three-phase boxes or something. Yeah, these are big Phillips. But uh, for a 700-class pilots, they make the most absolute badass zero-pitch tool on the planet because they drop very tightly tolerance down through your main grip hole, and you can line them up parallel with the main shaft to ensure you are dead on at zero pitch. Five and a half millimeter nut driver, seven millimeter nut driver, and a two millimeter round head hex driver. So check those out. Uh, definitely very nice toolkit they got going on here. Okay, it is the, oh man. We are coming up on the era of the Goblin 380. And we have, let's see, Scorpion, X-Nova, and KDE all releasing very specific motors uh, for the Goblin 380. Scorpion's got two motors uh, that they've come out with. Uh, those of you who keep up on Facebook, George has actually given a couple of these away. We've got the HK3014 900KV and the HK3020 1000KV. Uh, again, both for the Goblin 80. The 3014 900KV is more geared toward uh, efficiency and a longer flight time. I think it's a little bit lighter of a motor. The 3020 1000KV is all-out power. I mean, that's the the absolute power monster. I'm sure you're going to see a little bit shorter flight time, but it's kind of cool. I mean, to, this is really like the first heli-specific motors that they've offered kind of as a, here are your two motors you pick. And I like that theory. I like that they're kind of going in that direction. And, and honestly, from someone who's much more into efficiency – recognizing that not everyone wants the most powerful thing out there. And it's nice that they've kind of done a little bit of the R&D and the research, uh, you know, that I don't have to go try a whole bunch of motors to find the most efficient one. Xnova is actually doing the same thing, too. They have a 2820-890KV, and they have the Turek 3215-930KV motor. Again, same thing, the Turek one more geared toward super high power, uh, whereas the 282890KV uh, is going to give you uh, a little more efficiency and a uh, longer flight time. KDE has released their motor for the Goblin 380. Uh, this one is the 500XF925G3 motor. Uh, again, you know if it's coming from KDE, expect big power out of this pad boy. All of them are, you know, in that hunter. I think the KDE is 137. The other ones might be just a – the Scorpions are a, a tad cheaper. Not sure on the X-Nova. But again, X-Novas, I think, are about 120, and the Scorpions are like 110. 110, 115, something like that, yeah. So, again, you know, all – relatively close in price you've got a ton of options out there now i mean wow what i can't think of a sub 600 class heli that's come out that has seen this many components specifically geared towards it you know uh contronic they've got their little mini pyro out as well 
So, man, if you've got a Goblin 380, maybe you, you've got yours coming or you're on the pre-order for the second batch or whatever, um, your options are, you know, pretty much limitless at this point. Speaking of motors, I wanted to bring this one up. Scorpion has, uh, you know, they've got a really cool thing out. This is the PAW edition. And what this is, this is a 4535, 450 kV motor. What makes it unique is that it's the only 14-pole design on the 45 series motors. So you get about 7% more torque than the regular 4535, 450 um, at the same watts. And here's what's really cool. This motor, all of the proceeds go to basically helping homeless animals providing warmth food and hope to puppies that need a home so that hence the name paw edition they're really cool they've got it etched on the top um to see you know george over at scorpion doing this is just i mean it's cool it's there's not a lot of there's not a lot of pie to go around in this hobby and i think that we all kind of know that once you get into the you know kind of the know-how of how this whole hobby works you know no one got in rc helicopters to get rich that's for sure they do it because they love it and for a company like this to you know actually really put an effort out to uh you know to try and help animals or just you know anything uh, doing anything above and beyond same thing like we saw over at ohb you know the cooks uh donating that canopy and, and Bert uh, to go to the Ronald McDonald Fund, uh, all of the Toys for Tot stuff that they did. It's just awesome. So if you know if you were thinking about, uh, if you were in the market for that class of motor, the 45, 35, 450, uh, this is the one to get, not only because it's going to go to help, uh, help find these animals some homes, but on top of that, it's got a little more squeeze for your buck, which, hey, that never hurts. Yeah, never going to complain about that. Yeah. Um, this one's pretty cool. V-Bar, with the V-Control, they're starting to crank out some hardcore accessories. And really, I think we're starting to see now the capabilities. When the when the V-Control first came out, we were all like, eh, yeah, okay, so you can program and tune your V-Bar. But there, as I am learning, um, there's a lot more to be had than just the programming of the of the V-Bar. They have a, a pretty in-depth list of telemetry stuff um, that I don't, I'm sure there's even more that we haven't seen yet, but they've recently released some new modules. They have a GPS module out now. Uh, it's 115, and you can, let's see, uh, bear with me. It is... It's continuous recording of GPS positions as a dot KML, KML track for Google Earth. And you can do speed measuring for speed runs. They've also added another really kind of a weird deal. It, and I had never even thought about this, but it's a battery ID reader. So you put this on your heli and then you have these little, basically little stickers that go on your packs and it identifies your packs when you put them in there 
and tracks them for you. So you can set up like different things for each pack. I mean, I never even would have thought of that in a, you know, but now that they did it, it's kind of like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. So you're, you don't have to worry about tracking your battery flights because every time you put one in there and plug it in, it's doing it for you. So for those of us like me who would really like to track my flight count on each pack <laughs> but aren't that good at remembering to do it, this is going to do it all for you. And you can download all that information and look at it um, on the computer as well. So cool stuff coming from V-Bar. Turning out to be uh, the V-Controls turning out to be a little more than maybe what we originally thought. Uh, let's see... Gowie, and I'm not sure if we've talked about this before, but they have a gear exchange program going on for the NX7 and the X7. They have some updated, uh, they have an updated crown gear, torque tube bevel gear for the front, and a tail gear set um, that you can send in your gears. They will exchange you for the new stuff. For those of you who have a bag with all of those gears, uh, in a new kit, if you're not sure if it's the new uh, the new updated one or not, look for a little round sticker that says QC OK. Um, and if those are in there, then it's the new updated stuff. If not, get your sent in. They'll get you taken care of. Finally, a really cool video. Um, you know, we don't talk about the Mostro very much. Um, but I, I kind of look at this a little above and beyond that. Um, this is a video um, that was sent in by Avant about mo uh, engine alignment on the Mostro Nitro engine installation. Um, but I, I think what's what really struck me with this video is the method that they use for aligning the motor to the clutch stack. It's a really cool method, extremely accurate, and I know that's something I've seen people struggle with is okay, well, if I tilt it this way and this way, how do I know I'm really getting everything aligned? Well, it, you know, Mostro aside, hey, if you have a Mostro, in my opinion, this is a must-watch. But even if you're just a Nitro guy in general, I would highly recommend watching this. Uh, just a, a little bit different way of doing it, but, I, you know, anytime we can pick up these cool little tricks along the way to make our lives easier, I dig it. And that is the news. Dun, dun, dun. Anybody else have any news? I got a little bit of news. No. Yeah. No. Go go figure, right? What do you got? That's a little bit more on the V-Bar control radio. I just saw today when I was browsing that they just came out with an update for the actual radio itself. Oh, nice. Um, so they added in just a few, um, a few more features. So... Such as like offline logging. So now even when the model's powered off, you can go back through, review all the logging data. Um, it's now going to store all the logs for each model individually. So it's all organized, easy to find. Um, you can It's automatically built in to track your receiver battery voltage. Um, and yeah, so just a couple little things like that. And then they do make a mention at the end, which I found interesting that arrangements for further features have already been made and so they're kind of hinting that you know they're just giving us a little update here for um, the radio right now but making some uh, plans for the future so if you got a v-bar control radio check that out just got posted today that's right we heard some little i've heard some more little bit jesse do you have any compass news 
Um, well, the the Kronos is officially shipping um, as to a who? couple to everyone. Me? The Kronos? Do you yeah. have yours yet? No, I do not have mine. So um, it's not everyone. <laughs> well, I didn't order mine. Oh, what? Yeah, dude, I gotta get a job, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't got no <laughs> job. Ain't got no <laughs> money. Our pets are falling off. <laughs> It's Friday a, and you ain't got shit to do. There's order priorities, other things. Yeah, so, new helicopters, no, it, dude. It is it is in stock though, and it is in stock at ProStar and shipping. Well, I have more um, Compass news. Go for it. I know what the next helicopter from Compass is going to be. Mm. Did you see that? I don't think I did. Yeah, look at this. Wait a minute. I know wait what, a minute. Which one of you guys is on Team Compass? <laughs> Yeah. I just happen to be a Facebook troll, as you guys have alluded to in the past. Apple mm-hmm. to, happened to stumble upon a post by it's Sebastian, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they're working on a 500. Gotcha. Re- revamping the 500. Yep. And that was, man, you want to like talk about Like the Atom 500 original? That, yep. That yep. style? Uh, I think they're, I might I think, uh, oh no, that's right. He did. He said a uh, 515 millimeter blade. So a true 500. Hmm. I gotta tell you, man. I, I do know that a lot, a lot of people have been asking for that. Yep. Um, just from browsing the forums and keeping up on uh, multiple sites. That has been a main topic of discussion quite regularly. And if you saying, rewind the clock back. That Atom was super popular. Like, that was mm-hmm. a very popular and very robust and really an all-around a, a, a great helicopter. Yep. No, that's sweet. It's nice to see that model uh, finally get a little bit of love. Yeah. I know, Dan. Yeah. You're so much happier with your all. blade in a box. <laughs> But just, hey, Dan, Dan, just think, when they do finally retire that 700X, they might offer you, like, a trade-in for a micro. Yeah. FPV quad, dude. Yeah, FPV quad. Jesse, I thought we were friends, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. Here I was being all congratulatory, you know, graduating and all that, and then you lay this shit down on me. Yeah, that was like an hour ago, man. I am going (laughs) to (laughs) say. That was an hour ago. You're right, it was. Sorry about that. I am going to work on my blade in a box jokes because that's why I, I yeah. see a lot of those coming. Just for that, I'm going to take it out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, you got any news? Nope. Huh, you suck. I guess that, that's news then. <laughs> right? Yep, insert that's outro. It. Alrighty, guys, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Hi, I'm Justin Pucci, and despite what you may think, I'm not here to talk to you about wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men. What I am here to tell you is that the guys over at Rotary Wing RC are stocking up on all forms of heli goodness and passing the savings on to you. Need a fly barless system? Joe and Kyle have Bavarian Demon, Skookum, and Icon. Looking for a heli? What about Gowie or one of those Garbins? Servos? Look no further for BK Servos and MKS. 
and who could forget the German amazingness that is Contronic? I sure can't because I just bought three of them. So head on over to www.rotarywingrc.com and get yourself loaded up with awesome today. O-H-B. O-M-G. Yeah, O-M-G. What can we say? It rocked. It was a good event. I think it's my new fave. Yeah, no kidding. So let's tell the story of OHB from our perspective. (laughs) It started out great for me because I was down there nice and early. Started out not so good for you guys because you missed your plane. Did it start out good for you too, Jesse? Oh yeah, great for me. Well, Nick and and, uh, Justin... Yeah, we had a little mishap with the... Uh, <laughs> they didn't uh, get done cuddling in the rest area uh, in time uh, to make it to their plane. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's what happened. That's what happened, right? That's exactly we, it. We kept getting shooed out, so we had to find another <laughs> <Yep>. one. <laughs> Ended up behind the building in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> so, what can I say? You know, you guys uh, snooze, you lose, man. You get there. You get there. When did When did you get there? Half hour before the flight left. Yeah. Those <laughs> bastards gave up our tickets. <laughs> yeah. And let me the tell you. like, oh, you guys don't even have a chance. I'm just going to start looking for new flights for you now. <laughs> but we have to pay. Okay, so uh, we we brought this new mixer with us and all this audio gear packed in this box. And this is a big ass box. And it's <laughs> heavy as shit. And we, we get out... We get out of the car. We're literally like running away from the car. I got this box up over my shoulder. I'm, <laughs> I am. By the time we made it inside, up the stairs, and everything, I just about dropped a lung. And then we're both like, "Dude, do you remember where the car's at?" Well, yeah, that's because as we were driving into the parking garage, we were talking about how we've lost our cars before because we never remember to take the. Uh, the the parking space number and then we ran away from the car without taking the parking (laughs) space number it was uh it was a mess yeah we missed it and we ended up hanging out at the airport five hours for five and a half hours hey you know what though we (laughs) luckily for me i was prepared had my laptop with me. I got a badass resume out of the deal. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, it worked out well. And as I mentioned on one of our shorts, I think we saw a bearded lady. We did. Yeah. We got the text. Well, that's worth waiting five hours for. Yeah, you don't get to see one of those every well, we're day. Sitting yeah. here the, <laughs> it's true, we're Jesse. Here in the airport, <laughs> and he goes. He looks just straight at me, and he's like, "Dude, right behind you, six o'clock." epic bearded lady and i'm like wait a minute i didn't even turn around i'm like of all the people in this airport that you could point out to me you pick the bearded lady i mean thank you yeah that that's a true friend right there (laughs) (laughs) but i have to admit that that yeah she had like kind of almost like the the robert downey jr thing going on she did dude (laughs) Yes, you're right. She did <laughs> yeah. look like Robert Downey Jr. 
in a dress. In a, I think it was, uh, well, what are they called those? Well, I got to watch it. I, I see a, I see a, a, a non-intentional racist comment coming, and so, I don't want to do that. are you sure it wasn't a guy dressed as a girl? Oh, definitely not. No, no they were, this was a female. They were in one of those, uh, uh, I don't know what they're called. Moo's? <laughs> no, it was like it was like from the, the from the, the Middle East traditional oh, like, uh, um, like dress a with a scarf. Not a no, Sherpa. Sherpa is a, That's someone who helps people <laughs> up a mountain in Nepal. <laughs> Jeez, dude. <laughs> Very close. That was a good guess. That's, that's a, it's uh, right on the tip of my tongue. This, this, is, why, B, it? this is why I think a, Nick didn't go there. That's right. Just yeah. because he didn't want to be unintentionally well, I'm a, insensitive. I'm not a pussy like Nick is when it comes to that Ooh. stuff. Oh, yeah. I said it, Nick. Anyway, the point was that... <laughs> It was definitely a female with facial hair. Yep. Hmm. End of story. And yeah, story <laughs> over. No, story so over. So we rolled in pretty. We didn't. By the time we got, you know, we ended up going up through Detroit instead, then back down. And I think by the time we actually got to the field, it was ooh, one one o'clock. So yeah. I'm guessing the flight from. Seattle to Detroit was empty. I mean, who's who the hell is flying into Detroit? Oh, no. really? <laughs> no, <laughs> it was packed, dude. All right. Oh, we had to check our bags at the gate. It was, and a we were sitting all the way in the back in row thirty-seven, up against the bulkhead, <laughs> with a <laughs> dude who wanted to store his violin in a soft case in between the food carts. Yeah, what was that Delta? Yeah. Uh no, it was yeah, it yeah. was Delta. Delta can kiss they my white suck, ass. Let me tell you, they, they they're suck. horrible. I will never fly this Delta. This is why again. I only fly Alaska if I can if I can help it. They were so I mean, they're, you know, they announce it in the middle of the as you're getting on like you know, the aisles completely full with people. Oh, we're out of room, so everyone's going to need to go to the front of the plane to check their bag. I'm like, well, we're in the back, and there's and 80 people. And Nick and people. I are like, we're already halfway down. We're going to have to, like, take 20 people off the plane to get back up there. We're going to keep going. But there was one woman, one woman <laughs> who decided that she was going to make the trek back. <laughs> yep. Going against the green. It, it and it was just, just like, oh my God, dude. It was what a disaster. The hell? But we made it. You made it. Yep. So well, we get there on we get there on Friday one ish or so, right? Yep. And uh what what'd you guys think when you first got there? I mean it was there were quite a few people already there. Oh yeah. Oh awesome. yeah, it had already filled out uh a fair amount by the time we got there. I mean, the parking area was full. The first thing I said when I drove in was, holy crap, dude, there are a whole hell of a lot more RVs yeah. than they've had in the past. Because I remember when we interviewed Bert about it last year, he's like, yeah, you know, you know, you got to register early because there's a 15 RV limit. And Nick and I probably saw 15 RVs in the first, you know, 30 seconds of driving through the parking lot. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So then Jesse shows up, 
Uh, yeah, by the time I got there, everyone was leaving. Yeah. yeah. At like six. Yeah, that was <laughs> Oh, a, yeah, well. <laughs> that was kind of a, a fail on our part. We didn't really, we didn't know that what what drive takes 20 minutes at one time of the day takes three hours at yeah, another time no kidding. of the day. It took a long time to get yeah, that back. Was a, so, that was a fun drive. I remember that. Yeah, but no, my my flight for me at least went great because I had a direct flight all the like from Seattle all the way to Orlando on Alaska, and you know flawless. It, it, the flight was really packed, but no issues. So landed in Orlando at about four thirty, I think, and then finally made it to the field. I want to say yeah, it was about six o'clock. Yeah, um, something right in there, and still still quite a few people hanging around, um, but quite a few people starting to uh head home as well different still different Much different still, it's still different it is different it is but we're not we're not gonna mock it no uh because we got told not to no, i'm kidding yeah <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> because we've kidding. already done it a bunch of times and no, no, i'm you know i'm it something about it made up for it i, I haven't quite i'm <sighs> appreciating it now I mean, well, I, we didn't we didn't talk about on the shows, Dan, uh, that that night we went out to. Well, we didn't know where the hell we were going to eat. In fact, I can remember the scene in the car where you're driving and I'm on the iPhone looking for shit. And uh, we were arguing over what was available and where we should go. But we eventually made it to Texas Roadhouse. Which at the time, I don't think any of us realized, even though we probably remembered from previous conversations, is a popular place for people who visit OHB. Mm -hmm. And so we go to Texas Roadhouse and uh, Bert and his entire group of what was it had to have been like 15 people, right? Three tables worth of people were out there in in the uh, parking lot waiting to get called in now they left the field like an hour before us and we get there and put our name in and what happens we immediately got dude in. like we got three minutes we got in after like 15 minutes that was yeah. so awesome we uh we had dinner with the cashwells and uh steve graham right no Cash that Wells. night we only had dinner oh. with steve graham not the cashwells dude oh the cashwells didn't come with us that night no no, we didn't. I didn't get to eat dinner with the Cashwells. Yeah, same here. Okay, so that was a that was an interesting day. Um, oh, hey, we, you you can't forget something. What's that? The, the Dude, absolute crazy balloon most lady. insane balloon lady oh on the whole entire plane. Oh, that's right. At my dinner. God, talk about master of her craft. <laughs> <laughs> the balloon and the balloon really bender. socially awkward. <laughs> yeah, she was a balloon bender. Balloon bender. Yeah, like portals <laughs> opened up. This lady slinked on out and started whipping out. I'm a freaking Dora the Explorer. But Dora the Explorer, and right down to the backpack. Like 45 minutes on the scene. Too. I mean, <laughs> oh my it, god! It was not dude. like a quick. And I she mean, was she employing techniques that I never thought possible with these balloons. Yeah, like Dan, she'd blow Dan up had a, a long skinny balloon Dan. and like. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, she can make Dora. I wonder what else she. Well, I, I was actually wondering whether we should ask her to make Dan a chubby out of balloons. That's, that's what I remember. For some reason, yeah, there you guys might thought. have been some of that. Yeah. Well, you can make Dora, but. 
Can you make a big twiggin' berries? (laughs) (laughs) So she makes this amazing doll, right? And then, of course, she comes over because we've been gawking at her for the last 30 minutes, right? And because um, she was only like five feet away from actually, us, as as we were commenting and joking. And don't laughing. forget that we all, uh, and I will throw all of us equally under the bus. We're making, ins- of course, quite Very, you know, yeah. to ourselves jokes of uh, you know. <laughs> who the hell is like? I'm going to be a balloon bender when I grow up. And, and I'm sure like, she heard. I'm sure she probably did because we probably thought we were quiet, but we weren't very quiet. You know, we're 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 making the comments and it, trying to be quiet about it. But it, I mean, the thing was just so awesome. She walked over to our table, and then I don't remember Steve. 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 Steve asked her, "Have you? Have you? What's the weirdest thing someone has had you make?" <laughs> Oh yeah! With that, with that, with that, really like uh, you know that. uh, Oh, how do you say it? Afraid Uh, to hear the answer tone, (laughs) kind of that creepy tone. So, what's the what's the weirdest thing someone's had you make? (laughs) I can't even remember what she said. Oh, something about a huge octopus or some shit like that, or I don't know, some weird big thing. Oh yeah, she said she made like a life-size person with a oh a rhino with an octopus head. Yeah, that was really weird. Picture that. Yeah, but I don't even know. I mean, does that even make sense? All an octopus is is a head. And I don't know. You know, it was the strangest thing because I'm watching her and I'm thinking this chick is off the cast from Napoleon Dynamite. And at that very moment, (laughs) at that very moment, Steve asked her, "Have you ever? How about a liger?" And I was like, oh, he was thinking the same thing I was thinking, Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite. Did she not look like she could have been on Napoleon yep, Dynamite? absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. then I think she could probably sense that we wanted to ask this question, but didn't. She goes, yeah, this is just my for fun job. Yeah. I'm a biologist. And we're like, yeah. oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. We thought you were just yeah. the master of the balloons. Yeah, but she probably <laughs> makes more money making balloons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. That was Absolutely very awesome. interesting. Yeah, it was worth. It. it was definitely interesting to see because, like Justin said, she was doing shit with those balloons that I didn't even know you could do with balloons, man. So. We got up early on Saturday. We did. Yes, we, we were. Did. We were. We were motivated. We had to very motivated. Yeah, yeah, we got out at the field at what eight, eight, eight fifteen ish. Yeah. And uh, chaos ensued. We were fighting with uh, a new mixer. Uh, trying to pull it off like we knew what we were doing um worked out all right sounded great was very happy with that um one thing that i that one of the we were sitting there trying to get set up and i'm oh that's right after we finished recording and of course i'm putting the show i'm trying to get the show together and i'm staring at the computer like a like a madman and uh, nick johnson comes up behind me and he starts talking to me and i didn't i was totally not hearing it and finally he taps me on the shoulder He's like, you got a few minutes. He wanted to put me on the big PA and ask oh, me some yeah. questions. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was an interesting experience. It was, uh, um, to have Nick do that commentating, which he did, but he did a great job, by the way. Don't you guys think? I think that, he I did. think that's actually worth, worth bringing up in, in a kind of a serious matter. You know, we've, uh, 
he's got the voice. I mean, there's he no does. question. The yeah, the man right. has the voice for 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 commentating events. Uh, in the past, I think he's brought. Uh, and no offense to all of our UK listeners, but they're just you know it's different over here. And I think he brought a little bit too much. He almost like he was just trying a little too hard. And I truthfully, I can't blame him. Um, but I gotta tell you, at at OHB, he freaking nailed it. He, did. he really did. He yep. nailed it. He had the a great balance of professionalism, humor, excitement. You know, wasn't overdoing it overdoing it through you know during the flying it, he just you know so nick i know you're listening man you you did a great great job and there's someone who we have watched get better every time he does his thing oh dude yeah his yep. growth in the hobby just in the last year has been amazing i i think even even seeing a uh an awesome you know uh step in the in the improvement direction from urcha oh to ohb yep i mean urcha was so big and you know i mean it's got to be overwhelming to be the voice up there on the mic in front of thousands of people but at ohb i think he he bought into the same sort of closer knit family feel just like the rest of us and just got in his zone and kicked ass yeah and and like you mentioned on the one of the shorts justin the way he was uh kind of walking around and grabbing individuals and, mm-hmm. you know, getting them on the mic. And, and, um, it was, it was really good. I was very, I was very impressed. Absolutely. Did a fantastic job. I think that was a really, really cool feature. I'm glad yeah. that they did that. Uh, I don't know if they had him do that last year or if that was just something that he came up with, but it worked out really well. And I'm still bummed that I didn't hear you, dude. I was right there. Yeah, you guys were sitting right next what to me. What did he say? What what did, I, what did I don't you know if say, Justin Dan? was. I was. Oh. I don't think I was. But the whole the PA was down the whole flight. Where the hell were you? I don't know, Jeez. dude. Uh no, he just <laughs> he just kinda asked me the same things that he was asking other folks, you know, what's OHB mean to you and um uh wanting to kinda get me to say where, you know, when we were gonna be recording so we could let people know, um that kind of stuff. And, um, just very, um, you know, he was, he really did help us out. I mean, he was able to kind of tell people when we're going to be doing what we're doing. And, and we tried like hell to stick to that schedule. (laughs) You know, we did all right, I think, but, uh, no, it was, uh, just a quick little, uh, kind of an introduction more than anything. So, yeah. And I, I know we mentioned it, but that was another thing that was really cool is, the commentary for the event was just constant. It was the entire day, you know, it, it, it was during the big time, you know, during the big events, like the noontime demos and, st- and stuff like that. He was up there on the mic, but since his mic was completely wireless, yeah, it was, was just constant yeah. throughout the entire event, checking in with different vendors, pilots, um, and just getting everyone on the mic. So there's constantly something to listen to. Yeah. And his, what he does is so hard. I mean, think about that for a minute. Yep. Um, oh know, yeah, dude, he's got to be on the yeah. entire day and he's got to, he's got to find that balance, which he did a fantastic job of this time. And, um, he's got to keep it interesting. Uh, he's, it's not easy to just sit out there. 
I mean, for us, it's, you know, because we can feed off each other. We got, you know, there's four of us. We, you know, mm-hmm. if one of us isn't feeling it, then the other three will pick up the slack and, and makes it a lot easier. Um, but when he's out there, he's solo, man. There, the, the, you know, I mean, and when he, one thing I did notice uh, when he did make, uh, um, when he misspoke or, or said something that, uh, wasn't bad but maybe misspoke about something that was happening he was really good about kind of pulling it back on himself and kind of make poking fun at himself mm-hmm. right and then just kind of moving right along so growing kudos he was definitely man. yeah did a good job so that was uh the morning uh of course um now you know we're we're uh we're talking about saturday morning now and and we of course the the big excitement for the mid-afternoon was the the demos Oh yep. my gosh. <laughs> we did not get to talk about that much on the live shows, although, uh, you know, the listeners, I'm certain, could hear it in the background. But I got to tell you, I mean, for, first of all, Bert and Carrie did an amazing job of keeping that whole, you know, circus on track. You yep. got, you know, yeah. how many easily six eight maybe ten vendors worth of or or companies worth of flight teams and they each get i think about 10 minutes to fly and they can do anything they want with any number of helis any number of pilots in that 10 minutes but when the 10 minutes is up man the next guy's on deck and they're making sure you to land (laughs) oh yeah okay time to land now yeah they'll pull you down mid-flight and I, I'll tell you, just the energy coming from not just the flight line, the pilots and the helis that you could hear, but from the crowd of spectators was impressive. Uh, our our tent was right there about 10, 20 feet away from the actual safety line, right front and center. And so we got to see, well, a lot, a lot more often than see, we got to hear all of the action. <laughs> through the thick crowd uh but man everyone seemed to stop and come and watch yeah and i think what facilitates that is the size of the venue again where you know in in urcha it's so spread out even if you know someone's going to go up and fly or you hear something crazy going on you may have to walk two minutes just to get to the point where you can see what's going on but and here at, at ohb yep. uh it was right there and yeah. what amazing talent. Well, you know, and that's the thing. Uh, during the demos, the crowd got pretty thick right where we were. And I went down uh, to one of the further ends. And I got to tell you, even from I was almost, I don't know, maybe well, quite a ways down, three, four hundred yards down on the right side of the line. And I was just pulled up there on the line. And, I, man, you could see everything. Claire's day and that that is part of part of the experience of ohb is it is big it's big it's huge but it's intimate and it's small and you can still see everything even if you don't want to be in the crowd you can be down on the side uh relaxing with your your friends in a in a chair and just enjoying the flights and still be able to see everything even when they're doing Mm -hmm. the on the deck stuff right in you know front and center you can mm-hmm. still see it. Yep. And man, was it, geez, it just seems every time we go to an event, the level of talent 
in a you know just it's, it it's just so impressive and man these kids were throwing these helicopters yeah. around like crazy I think Little it was kids. a lot more intense in this format. Like Urcha, everyone gets what, like an hour, I think. Yep. And and the spectators can be as far as, you know, several hundred feet away. Yeah, this is yep. a lot more compact. And I mean, you're basically looking at all of your demos in an hour and a half. So it's very captivating. Like you don't yep. you don't even want to go take a leak because it's just it's intense and they go through them quickly. Which I really like because I don't I don't want to dedicate I want to be able to see all of the best of the best fly, but I don't want to have to dedicate uh, literally three half to three quarters of my day to to do that. And so yeah. I I really dug that format, and yeah. uh, we would be uh, how can you not mention Duncan Bossian's flight? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's. <laughs> I, I don't even know. I mean, you don't yeah, what, even need do to say? watch his flights. Just being nearby and hearing it is crazy. Yeah. yeah the, that all of the kid videos that I've seen. with more intensity than I have personally ever seen out of any other pilot. It you is know, amazing. Yeah. Courtney yeah. said, Courtney made a statement that was really cool. She said it was awesome to be, she, she filmed some of his flights. And she said it's it's really neat to be able to stand next to him and watch him. She's like he fly, he is so intense when he's flying. Just I mean like he's actually leaning into it. Like he just attacks every single flight. And boy, you can see it. I've never yeah. seen anyone well, that comes through fly. That. <laughs> yeah, it translates well. Yeah, the. I mean, God, how low and how fast and how and hard. The precision, the yes. low precision is just off the charts. Yep. Yeah. And the overspeeding thing. I mean, we got we got to bring it up quickly. Yeah. It is. Uh, I mean, you know, for those of you Facebook people, you saw that I got a hold of a picture of the blade bolts that he had <laughs> from that event that day. Actually, uh, they were bent, and he did some. The, these were not McDougals. He did some Merkdougals, <laughs> which would be the Mir- Mirko Cessna versions that are powered. It's basically a. It's almost kind of like a Justin. It's very similar to that to the way that the some of the speed guys do their runs. Um, you know how the, so. With the loop, and then they come out of it with the roll and back oh, down. Oh, yeah, the half Cuban eight. Yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah, a you half... whip around and turn all of that uh, that rotational energy into blade speed, head speed. Except, except they go impressive. straight across, and he goes straight down. <laughs> yeah, he just keeps pulling into the yep. ground. <laughs> and and I I I feel like I would be very fair to say that the. That it comes up into the thirty-three ish hundred RPM. Uh, I'd guess it's somewhere between three thousand and thirty-five hundred. I there are a number of people in that Facebook thread that wanted to know the actual forces, so I did some math and I assumed thirty-five hundred. Uh, I think that's fair. 
Which do you remember what that was? Yeah, it's about uh 2500 pounds per blade, force, right? Per per yeah, per blade grip. 2500 <laughs> pounds. No wonder those bolts bent. Yeah, no wonder there's a little uh, And there was bend. actually <laughs> a little bit of, you know, we should bring that up too. There was a little bit of controversy there. Um you know, he does it uh, there they scare the crap out of me. I mean, and I think they really yeah. do scare the crap out of everyone. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, to hear anything spin that fast, and you know that it's something's going to let go eventually. It can't not. And and no component, for the record, no component could be faulted for letting go at that at that much force. I mean, I wouldn't. I would not look down on any manufacturer for their stuff just disintegrating. Well, you know, it depends. I, again, going back to the force, twenty five hundred sounds like a lot, but if it's a if it's actually a twelve point nine grade bolt and the material properties are good, then I calculated positive margins on everything. Well, no, I'm not talking just in the head. Because I, I mean, okay, thirty five hundred on the on the head is one thing, but you know, let's equate that back to to tail RPM. Oh yeah, then that's that's twelve to fifteen thousand on the tail. Yeah. So can you really, you know, could you blame it if a tail hub let go at that? It's not the maneuver that scares me so much. It's just that he does it. I get it. You know, he's young. He's intense. He flies aggressive. He pushes the envelope, and he likes to do it low and close. And I, I got to tell you, Mark Ryder, <laughs> yeah, he pulled dude. off one of those. Oh boy! Right out in front of him, and <laughs> you could you could almost see the shit running down his leg. It was that. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, stuff was falling out of his shorts. <laughs> yeah, it was. He played it off. Right in front of him. Oh, he played it off like a pro, but I guarantee it was straight to the outhouse. And And, and and I mean, you know, to paint the picture for the listeners who maybe haven't seen it in person, because this is the first time we've seen, we've all seen overspeeds, at least the four of us have. And we've seen some pretty crazy ones, but at that level and in as close proximity, not only to, to, to the pilot, Right to Duncan, because at times it could be no further than maybe 10 feet from him when he when he pulls that stop and revs up the head. But now the crowd is only 30 or 40 feet away from it. Yeah. So they did have the safety. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not talking about necessarily the safety aspect that that is is one aspect. But I'm saying. You can feel the energy in oh, that helicopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. different it right than there. when you watch a an overspeed, like say during the one competition at Urcha, and you're 500 feet away, and you can hear it and you can see it. But when you're this close, you can feel it. Correct. Yep. I guess that was kind of the conclusion that thread that I posted turned into pretty big, and and I think there were some really good comments by some other, you know well-respected pilots that, uh, you know, the maneuver's fun, it, it is intense, but it's it all comes down to the responsibility of the pilot to do it at a distance that is appropriate to, you know, I would say the where they're at and the circumstances. Yeah, the location. You know what I mean? If you're out there flying with your 
your buddy and everyone's well aware of the risk. I'm not going to call you a genius for doing it 10 feet in front of your face, but that's your choice. You know, at an event, would have been kind of nicer to see it just a tad, tad bit farther out. You know, like, for the record, there was lots of other people doing them. But, you know, even even Mirko, was he had his out there a little bit farther. And I, you could tell that it was an intentional thing. It was out of respect for being at an event and at a crowd. But, you know, different... Different countries, different personalities, you know, what is acceptable in one place might be kind of sketchy in another, but, you know, still hard to put into words to watch it, that's for sure. It's incredible. Yeah, it was a pretty good round. So, Jesse, when are we going to see you do it? Yeah, the 3,500. Yeah. Only once. (laughs) 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 That's... (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'll do I mean, one. that i'll do one yeah yeah i'm just thinking okay that that to build up to that level though man that's because what you don't you obviously don't just start with that bit i mean do we know a name of that maneuver jesse the one that the one that we laugh at every time that weird like where they dip the nose down almost touch the skids at it in oh, like a full we've seen it like We've seen multiple helis just blow up because yeah, they don't there's pull a it out. Justin. You guys know what I'm talking about, Dan. The maneuver where it's like they they come in super fast, do something, do a maneuver really no, low, they, and well, then what it is you th- you it looks like they would pull up. Everyone else in the world would go up <laughs> as your next maneuver, but they oh. throw the nose. No, so so what it is is okay. Imagine you go up and do a huge stall turn, and you. You just come out normal in forward flight, and as you're coming down, you do like a forward elevator flip, and you go straight down on the disc. Yep. And then instead of continuing the flip over, so you do a complete flip all the way in one direction, yeah. you, you pull, pull backwards back elevator, elev- elevator <laughs> and you pull the nose back underneath. And pull out that way. But, but it's at an can, intense amount of speed. Yeah. And yeah. that's one I bet you you got to practice up yeah, high. a little higher. But I want to know, <laughs> you know, behind closed doors, how many helis got driven in before oh. they got confident. I mean, because the ones we saw at OHB, they were, were pulling out like at a foot yeah. or maybe oh, even yeah. inches at times. Well, what's yep. that? Uh, Tal. Tal Roglit? Tal Roglit, yeah. He mm-hmm. did one where he brought up, like, he brought up grass with the Chunks skids. Chunks of grass, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we're just looking at it like there is no, there's no, oh, I just broke this in that maneuver. It either works and you don't break anything. Or it's a re-kit. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, the other one that they were doing that you think when, when you try to visualize in your head, you're like, wow, okay, that's stupid and probably doesn't look cool but i saw at least two or three different pilots do it and it was the the little dolphin thing where they Mm -hmm. come from you know one side of the field and they get going really fast and then they bring it down low and they do basically they do make it look like a dolphin where it kind of dips nose down and then up and then nose down and then up but they're doing it super fast Super intense and very, very close to the ground. We call that the angry dolphin. The angry Angry dolphin. dolphin. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was intense, man. There was a lot of good flying. 
Yeah, one thing that I I noticed is all the carnage. Yes, this oh, event. I mean, we dude. saw a ton <laughs> of crashes. How unlike about any event I had ever seen before? How I mean, about just, that? Uh, the I don't even know what they called it. Some someone, one of the synergy guys ended up naming it. But that little power hour at dusk. Yeah, where it was Saturday night. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturday night, probably you know, in the last half an hour, forty five minutes before it gets too dark to fly, there was just that one flight station. It it was literally what four guys in a row that went up there and crashed their heli. And well, it was Maxwell. Then it was Bodos. Then it was. Uh, one of Bodos's team pilots, His, uh, Piro Pete, Piro Pete oh, Campbell. Pete, yeah, mm-hmm. Pete Campbell. Dude, it was right. so dark. I couldn't even like. I lost it. I lost yeah. it. I don't got it. <laughs> you could tell those guys were going out there to fly for no other reason than to have fun and laugh and have fun. Oh yeah. And, and Maxwell. Oh my God. He drove his oh, in. Oh, it was horrible. Bodos never crashes, and he just hammered. I don't think I've through. ever seen Bodos crash. Never. Nope. And he just drove the N7 in. That was great. <laughs> you know, another thing I noticed, um, there were a lot of nitros out there. A lot. Yeah, Lots there were. Of and that, uh, you know, the golden hour seems to be a golden day when it comes to nitro in the Florida Mm-hmm. With all that, yeah. the humidity, yeah. Yep, Man, just holds the exhaust. Hangs. Yeah. They still, I still stand by my statement. They didn't, they don't quite have the power there that they do here at home. We are really spoiled when but it comes to power. It is a lot better than most other places that we've seen that isn't mm-hmm. Bellingham. Yeah, <laughs> but then again, <laughs> you can feel all your extremities when you fly there. <laughs> And you can't hear it at home. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like it's a good compromise. It's a good trade-off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the day progresses and we do a couple more. Uh, uh, well, actually, we did our first live show. And um, that went off pretty well. Uh, we thought that right was it, our, our... We did. We thought it was... We thought we had... After we were done with that, we were like... We were like, should we just pack up? You know, can, and just kind of enjoy the rest of the evening and, uh, you know, because you guys had to get out to the airport at the butt crack of morning. Oh, jeez. Yep. And um, we we're like, no, nah, we should we should do one more short in the evening uh, <laughs> after the night fly. So short. we can talk about the night fly. <laughs> but before we do that, we'll talk a little bit about the night fly. What did you guys think of that? That was pretty, uh, that was pretty cool, right? Yeah, very different format. They brought them out. It was 10 pilots. Uh, and you didn't know who it was. They just gave them numbers, and it was com- like completely dark. They turned yeah, off no all the field lights and everything, and they just went out there and called pilot number one, and they flew and went down the list. And then it was like eighty percent judges' decision, twenty uh, percent crowd participation. Yeah, yeah. And, and I really yeah. liked that format because it was dark enough to the point where you could not tell who it was. No. Now, of course, the four of us are sitting there watching and just trying to judge based on the style of flight yeah. and some of maneuvers. the maneuvers. And I think we had I think we were pretty close to having 50 percent of the pilots named, at least based on our guesses yeah. before we knew. You know, Bert but, brought up a really cool point about this, though. This is like, it was just 10 people, right? 
Anyone, anyone could enter. Now, you knew that you were going up against the best, but anyone could enter. And, and you know, when Bert said, hey, here is, here is someone's chance, where else are you going to get an opportunity to walk into an event, a regular fun fly, with no additional cost or nothing, walk straight up and be like, Kyle Stacy, Nick Maxwell, Mitch Morozis, I'm going to take you guys on and get an opportunity to do that. Yep. How cool is yep. that? And in such an unbiased format because, you know, we couldn't tell who the pilots were. The judges didn't know who yep. the pilots were. It was all just, you know, pilot one through ten. So very And cool. to think I was going to bring my night ship. You should have because, you know, one thing that I, that I kind of noticed is you could, uh, you know, obviously there were some really, really good pilots and they were all really good, but you, you could kind of tell when somebody who maybe wasn't at that level, but still giving mm-hmm. it a shot and, and the balls it took oh, to get yeah. out there. Oh, that, just to... that is so cool. That, and it's I mean, cool because people still cheered and absolutely. I mean, it was, yeah. 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 You got to have stones and that deserves a lot of respect. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there was you know, two very clear. I don't remember what the numbers were, but when we sat back, it was like, wow, pilot this number and that Three number. and seven. Yeah. The styles were very different. Now, it's if for those of you who don't, a lot of people might not know what the Dalcon is and or was, but the Dalcon was a chimp systems product designed by Bobby Watson, a college roommate of his, and it is a... a lighting control system that is like it's a serious lighting control you program it usb and you sync it with music so that's why traditionally bobby watts has always had the most badass night flights out of anyone because uh you know him being a big uh kind of like band person and and music fan uh, and you know we could tell it was like oh that's kyle stacy because they're not they're not sold anymore so the people who have Dalcons or have access to them are getting few and far between and or really good friends with Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. very different styles though. That oh, when he shut the so he yeah, he left the ma- the main blade lights on, right? And the tail blade lights and turned off all the rest, correct? Yep, no canopy, And then no, strobed them. That was creepy, dude. And was doing like Pero flips on the deck, on the deck, <laughs> strobing just main and tails. Oh, wow. I was like, mind blown. And who was the, I, I don't think it was him. I think it may have been Nick Maxwell that did the crack aileron rolls. That was Nick. N- yeah. Nose in. And the way that the lights looked, I mean, it, it almost looked like a strobe effect. You know, Nick, Kyle had the creativity you know, with the Dal, I, I mean, I'll call it. He had a big advantage on with the Dalcon. Uh, the flying was, of course, just phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. Oh. Making that shit up, Kyle. That's how good your flight was. It was phenomenal. It requires a new word. <laughs> it required a new word. Uh, Nick's was very different. The he was so on point with his maneuvers yep. and the music. Yep, I mean, just right and so creative with the songs, you know, just hitting it, like hitting it every beat, boom, boom. It was ah, awesome to watch. 
I do believe there was a helicopter lost and never found. Yes. Yeah, it was a one. it was a nitro, I think, that went down trying they went to, to do, do a, a blade stop. Blade stop. Yep. And they pulled like a nick blade stop where they put it, I mean, like in the stratosphere. <laughs> yeah, they're like we need a lot of and extra it stopped, height to pull this and off. like the the trade winds took it, <laughs> took it to, to the golf course to Cuba. or something. To Cuba, <laughs> yeah, to Cuba. <laughs> no, that was a lot. That was uh, that was awesome to, and and again the the venue being as it as it was, great view everywhere you were at. You yeah, know. yep, it was not a bad seat. Now that I've owned two full sets of BK high-voltage cordless servos, I can honestly say that these are the best full-size cyclic servos I have owned to date. These things are crazy fast, with a speed of 0.049 seconds per 60 degrees, and plenty strong, with a torque rating of 295 inch ounces. Oh, and to top all this off, they're only 99 bucks a piece. So whether you're looking to replace an old set of worn-out servos or outfitting that brand new heli, be sure to head over to bkservo.com. So it ends in a tie. Yep. Nick Maxwell and Kyle Stacy. And these two chodes decided. <laughs> <laughs> I have not heard that word since like Great word grade, usage, dude. Dan. Great word usage. <laughs> nice. They decide to not do a playoff. Yeah. Because Nick doesn't want to charge Weak. another pack. We had to give him a little bit of shit about that. Of course, you guys heard that on the show. But we actually, and we said this too, we actually turned on RPA uh, to make sure everybody knew that we wanted to fly off as well. <laughs> yeah, we were kind of cheating. <laughs> but it didn't help. <laughs> didn't help. Didn't no. help. Um, and that was kind of cool because these guys did their thing uh, and then immediately came on. That's when we started recording as soon as the night fly was done. And uh, we got the, those two on the mic and uh, gave them shit about not doing a fly off. Didn't seem to affect them a whole lot. <laughs> nah. No, I think they were genuinely just happy to be able to take them home in one piece. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then comes uh, the last and final short from OHB, which turned out to be almost uh, an hour and a half, two hours long. As long as the, the main episode. You know, I, I, I gotta, it's hard for me to put into words that, you know, that was such a. That was an experience for me. And it's, you know how we talk about like the, you know, the, the golden hour, you get out there with the nitro and, and, and you're, you're in the haze and you're just throwing down and you're in your groove and it's, it's almost like a semi-spiritual experience. That show, you know, they turned the floodlights and they did it very different that we've seen for flying at night. They put the lights up actually way back behind the flight line, back up behind all of the vendor tents and raised them all the way up. It was actually pretty cool because you could hang out back in your tents and still see stuff. Yeah, you didn't need to fly in it. Yeah, you didn't need to have canopy lights like at all. It was really weird. Um, But to just be sitting there and, you know, it. It emptied out pretty quick after that. 
I mean, once the night flying was done, some guys stayed out there and flew a little bit, but we just kind of kicked back and we're, you know, we're doing our thing. And Nick's hanging out, Kyle's hanging out, and, you know, we'll, I'm sure Dan will get into We got some other people on the mic, but, you know, we're just, we're sitting there. You got the lights up. No, I mean, we were some of the last people out there that night. Mm-hmm. And, man, yeah. what uh just I can't even put it into words. What an experience to just we were just chilling, doing our thing. I felt like I was just almost like on the set of a movie, kind of out there all by ourselves. And, and that was like that moment that you have, I think, at each fun fly where you're like, yeah, this is it. Like, this is where it's at right here, right now. Yep. Uh, we just, you know, we did a good job during the day. We were proud of what we did we're you know proud of what rchn did and and you know we got we got the people and and what you guys hear on that show there was there was not a commercial or manufacturer aspect to any of that nope it was just the just sitting down shooting the shit and i feel so honored and fortunate to be able to do that and it, you just, I mean, uh, yeah, so many people would kill for that opportunity, and anyone could have. That was the cool part. They were just hanging out. I mean, they were literally just hanging out. You could see, <laughs> you know, I kind of made a uh, that little one-liner comment about Bert earlier. He, he you know, earlier <laughs> in the day, he looked like a. Do you sack. care to repeat that? There yeah, I will. It's okay. He looked like a sack of hammered assholes. I mean, he was just—he was beat. He was exhausted. He was dehydrated. He'd worked so hard, and then to see him sitting there at night, you know, face to face, and he's just got this—he's got that little kid, that shit-eating grin on his face. Yeah. You know, he's relaxed. It's finally. It's like, oh, the real Bert is back now yeah. and he had his was, little champagne glass yeah his and, little champagne yeah, glass <laughs> and you know his wife's there with him and, and you could tell that it was just like this big sigh of relief and all the the commercial part of everything went away and the fun fly went away and it was just people at that point and it, it's it's hard for me to even put it into words and that's the stuff that i just i live for that 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 sh- that what was supposed to be a short we started and it was like um it was uh, as you mentioned it was like now it's just time to kind of as they say let the hair down and just just uh, you know uh, turn up the ass hattery a notch or two right and have <laughs> yeah. have a good time and um you know we had a lot of folks come by uh, that we wanted to talk to didn't get a chance to talk to during the day cuz people were busy or just you know not available for whatever reason and um, it just we we it just we just rolled with it, and we got to have a good time. And it was it was I mean, when I was listening to it, I was like, I was like, uh, I, I actually I think I even texted you guys. You know, I, when I was putting it together, I'm like man, I'm listening to this episode, and I'm like, it makes me want to be there again next weekend. Yep. yep. Yeah, exactly. Pulls you right back into it. Yeah, it was just, it was a lot of fun. And, and, you know, I know we, well, I did mainly kind of kid our listeners that couldn't make it. Um, 
and I'm sorry you couldn't make it, but I got to tell you, if you can next year, you really need to, because to be honest with you, as Bert alluded to, you know, they're kind of at a crossroads. And I, I don't know if the feel of the event will change if they do find a different location. Or if it gets much bigger. Yeah, it's like it's like at that size right now where it just can kind of slide, you know. And it, it really is, it's kind of, it is hard to put into words because you, you, you we, and we've said it so many times, but that bigness and that smallness at the perfect level. Yep. I almost Every- want to say that if, if you have, you know, if, if you're sitting there kind of kicking back and saying, okay, I, I can do one traveling event, one big traveling event uh, this year, and my goal is to maybe meet some of my idols, you know, meet the people that I look up to flying-wise and just maybe get some signatures on canopies or whatever. Oh, man, I I feel like you're going to get a more genuine and real experience from those pilots going to OHB than you would Urcha. Oh, dude, it's not even feel. It's a fact. There's There's no argument there. Yeah, and they're all there. That's the cool part. They're all there, but they're not working. So it's fun. I mean, they're actually having fun and laughing and joking with their friends. They're not just tied to their tent and, you know, answering yeah. 38,000 tech questions a day, you know. I, I mean, they're there and they'll help, but they're they're real people at this event. They're not yeah. workers. And, you know, on, on top of that, if you, you know, Nick, you alluded to, you, you're trying to think about maybe one big trip. You know, is it Urcha? Well, I can't, you know, I, I still think that if you've never been, you've got to go to Urcha once. Okay? Oh, yeah. That aside, let's say you've been and next year you're thinking about Urcha or OHB. Uh, the simple matter of the fact is OHP is going to be a hell of a lot less expensive because it's just the weekend. The airport is so damn close. Hotels are 10 minutes away. Yep. And you're going to get, you're going to pay, you're going to end up spending less, but your impact is going to be much greater. Yeah. Just from the simple fact that, and and let me share another story that you guys didn't get to experience and hopefully next year you do. Um, And Bert alluded to it on the show was Sunday. I was absolutely shocked. I, you know, we took, I took you guys to the airport Came back, I napped for a little bit, jumped in the shower, headed out. I was shocked at how many people were still there. Really? But now it's just an informal little, it's not a fun fly. It's like, uh, it's hanging out, it's just hanging out at the field. Uh, Everything, you know, all the, all the vendors are gone or packing up or, you know, um, so let me, dude, I got to tell you, I was hanging out with Steve. And we were just kind of chilling where his uh, pop-up was. And and we saw, uh, you know, Bobby Watts walking towards the flight line carrying a helicopter and Duncan behind him and Kyle Stacy behind him and uh, a couple of little Israel kids. And I, I don't know their names, so we'll just call them. <laughs> Couldn't pronounce kids. them even if I did. So. <laughs> yeah, I'd butcher them. So they, they're heading over there. And, and a couple other guys all carrying helicopters were like, hey, this this is ha- this is going to happen right in front of us, and it wasn't stage center; it was like way down on the end. And so, we were able to literally just pull up right to the line, you know, right where the the barricade was, so to speak, the little uh, yellow caution tape. And there might have been fifteen people there, 
And um, so there was no crowds or no heads to look over. And um, I got to watch those guys fly one after the other. I mean, in just absolute unobstructed everything. And it was fantastic. And I, I got to experience the absolute horror of Duncan's overspeed right basically 30 feet away from me. In your face. It literally, uh, you know, it, it sh- it's shocking when you saw it, when we saw it. But when you, when you see it in that unobstructed uh, vantage point where there's nobody standing in front of you and you're not trying to lean to one side to see what's going on, yeah, complete unobstructed view, and you know he's setting up for it and you start getting uneasy, right? You start getting anxious because you know he's setting up for it. He's, he's you know, 300 feet in the air and he's coming down and you're like, oh shit, here it goes. And you, you know, do I turn to the side a little bit to minimize the profile? You know, what do I do here to, you know what I mean? Cause it just, you're like, here it goes. It's going to blow up. But I'm telling you, it, it was amazing to be that close and scary at the same time. But on top of that, to be able to watch these top guys, just one after the other with no, they weren't there to compete. They were, it's just like I was at their home field. And they were just shooting the shit and having fun and just throwing down. Just unbelievable. And I still will say it. I mean, after the weekend, you guys got to see a lot of pilots. I'm going to tell you who Bobby Watts is still my favorite. Has been for a long time. Love watching that dude's flying because it is so purposeful. Yep. And smooth. Mm -hmm. And just absolutely everything everything about what he does you don't have to wonder if it's just a correction an overcorrection to a maneuver you know it's just everything is just purposeful i did get to witness um a couple goblins get run over by a segway oh <laughs> i heard about that i felt so bad for this youngster he wasn't one of the he was with the israel guys um but he wasn't one of the pilots um he was running around the, the, the youngsters were cruising around on the segways all morning. Um, and he came up into the flight line and he went through one of those areas that you can walk through with the segway. And there were about five or six guys with their helis on the ground, uh, preparing to fly. And you could see he was just, almost wanting to throw his body off that thing because he was in a forward motion and he just couldn't figure out how to get it shut, how to get it stopped. Yeah. And um, ran right over, uh, the, with the with those huge wheels, ran right over a Goblin, I think 570, and right over the top of a 500. Oh. And then on top of that, he was so frantically trying to stop and get off of it that he ended up in front of it and it ran him over as well. The Segway ran him over? Yeah, ran over his leg. Now, it it didn't really, well, that's kind of, it's not necessarily did he run over, but he kind of got wedged in the front of it. And as he, his weight was off the machine, the machine was coming to a stop. So his leg kind of got wedged in underneath it. Uh, Didn't get hurt at all. But I got to tell you, Steve and I were literally 10, 15 feet away from this. And the only thought that we were thinking was, oh, that kid is, he is just 
just devastated. You could just tell by the look on his face. He was like, what have I done? Yeah. Um, no one got real uptight about it. You know, accidents happen. It wasn't a lot of damage. Um, uh, fortunately, a brand new canopy got pretty scraped up and a couple landing uh, gears got broke. But um, all's well that ends well. No one got hurt. But I just really felt bad for that youngster, man. He was just, I mean, he will huh. never do that again. <laughs> You, you know what I mean? Ever. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lesson well, he learned that he... I thought never... that was what was going to happen when we were riding Bert's Segway the night before. Oh, oh my, my God. God. I remember that. And you guys are like, get on that, Dan. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? Dude, That's a one-way ticket to the hospital. Thing. Yeah, you did That's a pretty <laughs> good job, man. You did a good job. That, I that think Jesse was me. probably the, the most into it. Oh, yeah. That thing is sweet. Yeah, that's that's a no go for this. Bert's guy. like just just be you know be easy with it <laughs> to get started. Yeah, you get on and it's like a little shaky, and then you finally get the hang of it and just cruise. <laughs> yeah, well, Bert yeah. Bert's got the hang of that thing. Oh, dude, Jeez, Bert's all yeah. over the Going place over on that freaking and... thing, and with like the whole crowd out there and everything, like midday. Yeah, just zigging and zagging. <laughs> yeah. No, that would have been a bad, bad thing for me to try that. I saw Steve's N7 tail get run over by like a one eighth uh, scale electric truggy. Yeah, that's what he was saying. Yeah, and that was a that was a grown ass man. So I don't feel bad for him. That was that was dumb. a grown ass man. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was dumb. Yeah, I got to fly Steve's N7. So did I. How did you like it? It he he his. <laughs> well, you don't. well, well. See, the thing about that is, uh, I was just so out of practice. I well, couldn't. I'll tell. just, re- I'll repeat what I said <laughs> yeah. before. The rates were super fast for me, and so he turned the rates down, and he had where he had them, and then he had a slower rate, and so I said, "Well, put it on the slower rate," and it was just so incredibly sensitive so I, I lifted off and i flipped it and it was just reacting so quick i was like i am so gonna crash this thing <laughs> it's empowering wasn't it but i flew it around and you know didn't it, it it didn't feel real good to be honest with you and i uh you know it's been so long since i flew nitro i forgot that what that was all about but uh, you know, it was fun to fly. I, I was it was awesome to be able to get a flight in down there. Um, I was on. I'm. You know what? To be honest with you, though, I'm uneasy flying anybody's stuff. Uh, See, it doesn't. One. It doesn't bother me anymore. But it it was fast for me. And you know, I made I made a little jab at Steve on one of the uh, shorts that day. I think it was Saturday. Saturday morning. And his buddy and, and, and my friend as well, Josh Moen, who lives with him, not lives with him, but lives near him up in Denver. He sends me a private message on Facebook, obviously having just heard the episode. And he's like, dude, the other thing you got to remember is that we're up at like five and a half or six thousand feet. And so with those rates, things don't move quite as fast as they do at sea level. And that's fair. That's that is a true. really fair point. And- and also, too, the tune I was noticing mm-hmm. was was off. 
But yeah, the tune the, was a little off, but when I flew it, it wasn't so off that it was a problem. No, it, it was wasn't just like I told Steve, for me, it was really fast. And I didn't even think about that until Josh PM'd me, and that makes perfect sense. It does. I mean, it, you got to think about that. An extra mile above sea level, that's a lot of difference <laughs> in air density. You know, a and, huge difference. And in Steve's defense also, the tune, you know, he just wanted to get, he just wanted to make sure it was rich enough that it wasn't going to burn up because he didn't want to spend two or three tanks tuning. He just wanted to fly. So right. he was just putting up with yeah. it. And, um, you know, it's just those things that when I fly anybody's helicopter, I do just I, I basic. I don't, you know, because I don't want to crash anybody's shit. Planker flight. <laughs> Unless it's, no, unless I'll it's tell Nick's, you what, man. Unless it's Nix, and I'll crash the shit out of that. <laughs> After flying it, I was like, oh, man, I miss Nitro. Yeah. I yeah, really yeah. do. It's got soul, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so overall, guys, uh, you know, by, by this time Sunday morning, you guys all were on your way home. What, what You know? We what got about two and a half hours of sleep in the hotel room. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> hotel room. I'm not sure we're going to talk much about that, but um, <laughs> Jesse provided us with free yeah, entertainment. Jesse, we'll leave Jesse Lots with his dignity, but of he, free was, entertainment. he was quite entertaining. You had to be there. You did <laughs> have to be there. And at the same time as being there, you wish you weren't. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> Let me ask you this. Did you guys take a shower in the morning? Nope. <laughs> no i didn't even take a shower in the morning <laughs> nope. you didn't take one at night no. did you? well we weren't sure jesse because no. we were sound asleep so we did I'm not, not risk it. what he was gonna do in there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man how's that how's that tire tread taste jesse yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you guys were on your way home. What you? I mean, what were you thinking on the way home? I mean, give me give me your wrap ups. What'd you What'd you take from OHP? Awesome, just awesome. Such a different flavor. Uh, everything that I I thought was gonna be like, nah, you know, not not staying out late at the field and all that. Yeah. It's just it's different. It's just yep. different. It but it it opens up an opportunity for um, a lot of different experiences that we would never get to have at our fun flies um but it's the it's i don't know it's bircha it is it's bircha it is the mini urcha uh, that you get a chance to actually meet everyone and talk to the people it's awesome what do you mean bircha where the hell did that come from yeah it's bircha oh that's been that's that's been bandied about for a couple years yeah and and I like it yeah. because it's a very easy event uh, to get to as far as airport, yep. hotels. Very convenient. Yeah, convenient. Not out in the middle of friggin' nowhere. And, and, I mean, what an incredible place to make a week-long trip with your family. Go, you know, go to oh, a yeah, resort. Oh, yeah, that's what we already talked about it. That's what we're going to do next year. Yep. So, Justin, yeah. give me your wrap-up. What do you, what, give me your final thoughts on, on OHP. I think it was the number one event that uh, I personally attended this year. Um, yeah. It 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 was an absolute blast. Uh, the only thing I really wish I could have done that I didn't get to is 
bring a heli and actually get some flying in. But, you know, again, we, we talked about that. We're there doing the podcast. And so we got to we got to stay on top of that. But I think now knowing how how things work beforehand and after the actual event, even if I bring a heli next year and I don't fly during the event, I'll have something there to just relax and throw around before and after. Mm-hmm. With all the friends that are just, you know, hanging out and doing their thing. Yep. I think that's a, that's a really, really cool little bit. Yeah. How about you, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, just agreeing with Justin. For me, it was probably the best event um, attended this year. And even for us, from our um, perspective, you know, we'd mentioned that everyone else, it's, you know, a much more personal event and everyone else isn't in that work mode. And that was even kind of for us because, you know, at Urcha, we had a very structured schedule um, for ourselves, just maintaining, you know, doing all the mini episodes, who's going to be at the booth, who's going to be watching the shirts and all that type of stuff here. Since it was such a small event, it was just kind of, okay, we're going to come together, do the, do the mini episode. But we were really just a lot more laid back with our schedule as well. So that helped make the, the event very enjoyable. And then obviously just, having the opportunity to uh, talk with some top-notch pilots and hang out with a bunch of listeners that, you know, maybe we didn't get to see at Urcha, but that whole Orlando crew um, and Florida crew that we got down there. And then can't complain. What an awesome opportunity to be a warm weather dick for the weekend. Mm -hmm. Yes. In the middle of winter. That's the best. (laughs) Exactly. So, and that just, you know, that just adds one more level. The fact that, it's snowing back home, and I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt all day till I go to bed at night. So, yeah, ton of fun. Definitely put it on your calendars. Yeah, and I, I you know, I'm gonna have to agree with you guys. Um, pretty much the same thing. It was just, it was the best event for me this year, and um, just getting a chance to to hang out and chat with those folks that we've been talking to. Um, I know we met some of them at Urcha but we got to really hang out and um, get to know him even better. And I want to make a quick mention too. I just, uh, you know, I want to thank the Cashwells because they had, the hospitality was fantastic. I mean, they basically opened their house to not only me, but several other people gave us the key code to get in so we could come and go as we pleased. Uh, And it was just fantastic. So big thanks to Kyle and Joe for, for letting us, uh, hang out there had a great time got to see some uh interesting we had you know we had some parties there too it was kind of fun uh kind of sounds like next year it might be even bigger but uh you know what a great event what what more can we say uh big thanks to bert and the guys and carrie and my gosh what a privilege to uh go down and do what we do uh couldn't thank those guys enough i know i know carrie was asking me a lot is you know everything okay everything is this is this gonna work and i'm like man this dude this is perfect you know are you guys happy with where you're located absolutely are you kidding we were right in the center you were right in the middle couldn't ask for a better spot yeah i don't know that there would have been a better spot no absolutely not and uh even the way we were set up um <clears throat> not necessarily facing the flight line but that was perfect actually yeah. it, it worked out really yep. well because we we were able to catch people as they were walking by and just kind of see everything happening, plus the flying and the vendors and everything in between. It was fantastic. Uh, 
So as you guys know, I did stick around for a couple days. Uh, Monday was after I, uh, Sunday we, you know, sun, dude, I was surprised. Sunday at, at six o'clock, that place was empty. Uh, they were tearing stuff down and we stopped by the field and uh, there was a guy from, I think, Argentina showed up Sunday night and he he was thinking that he was going to be able to be at the OHP. <laughs> He missed it. Oh, oh, <laughs> dude. Apparently something happened with his flight. I think he was planning on being there Saturday at some point in the morning. Uh, something happened with his flight as well. And uh, But the guys at OHP, there was a couple guys still p- picking up. They, they gave him, they couldn't get to his pilot's uh, package, you know, because they made the, the, the little... Um, uh, crab bags if you will with shirts mm-hmm. and badges and all that good stuff that was locked up but they did have access to some shirts so they threw him some shirts and stuff and uh you know i don't know if he stuck around to fly monday or not but so monday we you know had to get everything ready to go uh but i did have one thing since i was in orlando that i wanted to do do you guys know what that was Mm-mm. what Mm-mm. i wanted to go take a picture of casey anthony's house Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me about this. <laughs> and I did. Yeah. I got in the car and I drove 12 miles and I took a picture of Casey Anthony's house. Everybody thought I was weird now, for that. You have to explain that to Nick and Jesse because I don't think they know. You guys didn't hear about that? Nope. Oh. Nope. Well, you know who Casey Anthony is. Nope. What? Nope. Oh, jeez. Casey Anthony was that chick that. 20 some year old chick that killed her daughter. Really? I just I just felt the mood go down. No. Yeah, wow. Uh, uh, why would no, you want okay. to do this? Well, here's the deal. I mean, it kind of goes back to the some history of our RCHN. When I when I wasn't working, right after I, you know, we started up the show, I was I was still dealing with uh, the the immediate effects of the back injury that I had. I you know, I talked about it on the show a lot. I watched Core TV. You guys remember giving me guff oh, yeah. about that. Yeah. And I happened to, when I was laid up, I happened to watch that trial on court TV every day for the whole trial. So I was, uh, I, I was like, well, shit, I'm in Orlando. I got to go get a picture of this house. Right. Cause it was like you had been there before. Was, yeah. So I did. And it was, uh, I don't know. It wasn't all it was cracked up to be, I guess it was just a damn house on the street. Not a big deal. But, uh, yeah, so I, I I was telling everybody I was going to go do that, so I did. What do you well, I don't mind telling you. That's creepy as shit, Dan. That's what everybody says. but <laughs> That's not a very good story. You might want to think about I don't about think it. it's creepy. I think it is what it is. <laughs> Joe and those guys gave me shit, said it was creepy. Yep. I don't good think call. it's creepy. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's creepy. Well. It's something I wanted to do, and I did it. Hey, I can say I have been... Casey Anthony's house. Kinda. Yes, you can. I mean, I didn't help myself in the Kinda. door, but uh, <laughs> is someone else living there now? Yeah, some other families there now. I wonder if they get tired of that because you know that shit happens. People drive by to take pictures. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure of it. But anyway, I just thought I'd share that with you guys. Uh, headed out uh, early Tuesday morning, uh, uneventful flight, and uh, made it back home. 
I did bring one thing back with me, though. I brought a very impressive cold from Orlando. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought I literally was going to die, but uh, it was uh, it's those airplanes, you know. It's like you're in an incubator. I thought it was because you were making out with Kyle. Oh, Cashwell, not Stacy. That's <laughs> sorry, That's sorry, cool. Kyle. <laughs> Clear up some last names. I didn't. I wasn't supposed to talk about that, but since you brought it up, yeah, we did a little, little, little cuddling, a little spooning, a little spooning. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he was sick all weekend too, and apparently Joe got sick after I'd left. So I don't know. It was Joe? And, I wasn't cuddling with Joe. With Joe and Kyle cuddling? I don't know. <laughs> question that's the question I guess we'll have to save next time we see I keep trying to run away from the micro heli world but with the release of the blade 180 CFX even I don't think I can deny the impact this helicopter has had on the hobby so far package that with blade helicopters worldwide support and local hobby shop availability And now we're staring at an industry-leading micro-helicopter that you can fly in your backyard. Man, you gotta count me in. Blade Helicopters, number one by design. Visit them on the web at www.bladehelis.com. Well, I think that about wraps up our OHB experience. What do you guys think? Yeah, definitely. So let's uh, quickly to go through some contact information. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Uh, you would send me an email at nick at rchelynation.com. Jesse? You would send me an email to jesse at rchelynation.com. And Justin? You would send me an email to justin at rchelynation.com. I'm Dan. You can reach me at dan at rchelynation.com. Dan K. Reed on the forums. I'd like to invite you guys to check out our Facebook page. I think we're going to hit 4,000 any day now. It's uh, growing pretty rapidly. Mm-hmm. So uh, check that out. It's a great yeah. way to find out what we're up to. Uh, Facebook or the homepage as well. Uh, the, the conversation continues all the time. There's a group of guys that hang out there all the time asking questions. Some pretty knowledgeable people are hanging out there. So they might be able to help you out. Got to remind you guys about some t-shirts. We have some left, some hoodies left, and one or two hats left. Uh, Check out the store link on top. Get in touch with Ken at rchelynation.com if you have any questions there. Also handles the citizen cards. And um, got some tech tips. Uh, There's been a few go up recently, I believe. Didn't Jesse, Mm -hmm. you recently did one on uh, tapping, I believe, didn't you? Yep. Yep, not too long ago. Uh, lots of good information there. Uh, also, too, something that we don't mention very often that we need to start mentioning more is our newsletter that Jesse puts a lot of work into. Yep. Uh, goes out every month. Uh, you can sign up for that on our webpage. Yep. Also, too, I want to. I had a lot of guys, uh, I don't know if they were new listeners or people that were just interested. Um, if you're listening, you probably know how to do this. But if you have people... Uh, that you talk to, uh, you know, that don't necessarily do iTunes, they still can get our show with their Android device using pretty much any podcatcher you want. And the information on how to do that, you'll find that at the bottom of our webpage. It just says Android Market, and uh, there's a detailed page on how to do that. So if you have some friends that are looking to download and they don't necessarily do iTunes, maybe you could point them into that direction. Also, don't forget... 
uh, since we have had a, a you know big influx of new listeners as of late. Um, uh, citizen information. If you're looking about, you know, you keep hearing about what's this whole citizen thing, uh, you can find that on our website. It's actually in the store. Uh, it's $10 for a lifetime. You get your citizen number. It's just a one-time deal. Uh, it gets you access to some pretty sweet giveaways that only citizens get. Uh, 20% off all of our apparel at events, at live events that we go to. And uh, beat your buddy because everyone loves to have their citizen number as low as possible. Well, don't forget the random ass drawings of awesome prizes. Of winner, winner, chicken dinner. That's the best part. Kits, tools, you name it. We've given it away and we'll continue to give it away. We look forward to growing that even bigger and better uh, this coming year. And uh, it's, it's probably the best $10 you can invest, that's for sure. Absolutely. And uh, for fear of continuing the rant of shameless self-promotion, go check out Digging In. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Awesome technical series. There are four up there right now. Yeah, Nick and I have been a lot slower about getting them out uh, than we originally planned, but we've still got some stuff uh, in our heads about what's coming up next. And for those people, new or old listeners who haven't checked it out, um it's a it's a opportunity to learn some really good deep technical knowledge yeah no joking around on those episodes those are those are uh serious topic driven episodes fantastic way to learn in-depth um uh, craziness a lot of stuff there so check that out links on the top of our homepage. give it a look Alrighty, guys. Well, this has been episode 167. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Again, thanks to Bert and Carrie at uh, OHB Torches Club, everybody at Florida that uh, stopped by, say hi, and uh, we will see you guys next Monday. See you next week. Later, guys. Later. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Genzase Batteries, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. <laughs>